0: Spit in the face, huh? But the rhymes keep fitting. Respect's been given, how's your living? Now I can't protect. I paid off defect. Check the record and record in intentional wreck. Raid off as some intellect. Made the call, took the fall, broke the
1: laws. Not my fault that they fall off. Known as fair, Square throughout my years.
0: So I growl at the living towel. Black to the ball, my home is your home.
1: But
2: welcome to the dome
1: Hello, and welcome to Spotlight, the official podcast of Grapple. I'm battle And I'm JP. And joining us again, Grapple Gareth. Hi Gareth. Oh uh, yeah, you're alright. Yeah, good man. How was your birthday? Thank you. uh, it was uh, it was a big occasion last week.
3: Yeah, yeah, no, it was uh, it was quite a good quite a good one. Um, I managed to get away from the. <laughs> why why do I always end up getting away from the kids? <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> you and JP, Dad's anonymous. That's what I like about this dynamic.
3: It's it's because before this, I'd had two afternoons away from them in five months. And then now I think, as we've just, it's happened that like, as we've recorded, I've happened to get out for a drink two afternoons and then this week got away from them for two nights. Fucking hell, bliss, absolute bliss. So that was the ideal birthday present for me. Just, uh, yeah, just got got back up to Cumbria, went to the lakes two nights away from them, you know, just went out, done a bit of fell walking, saw my folks for the first time this year and stuff like oh, that. Good. So very very good, very oh, good, good for the soul. Very good. Yes. Does is, is Cumbria no, still
1: feel like home, or is it, or, or is it Liverpool now? Is, has it been lost?
3: Yeah. Which, no. It's, I mean, I've been in Liverpool since I was 18. Now, mm-hmm. so like, it's like odd to me that like over half my life I've been down here rather than up there. That's why I've got this weird kind of like part Scouse, part Cumbrian, oddly Geordie or something like <laughs> it's that. Certain words, you know.
1: Literally, just mean. before we press record, then you tell us about, I don't say why, Joey Tribbiani and his Ferrari, and the way you said Ferrari was very Scouse, <laughs> and I was dead proud of you.
3: I can't fucking win. Everyone down here thinks I'm a Geordie. I and mean, then when I go back up home, everyone thinks I'm a, um, a Scouser. They always like, laugh at us for you know, the way I'm ending sentences and stuff like that, but I don't know. Can't, whatever.
1: You don't belong anywhere <laughs> anymore. It's like JP in the Irish, you know? Is Ireland still home, yeah. JP?
0: It never has been actually i have to say that
3: sounds (laughs) are you
1: one of those people who who refers to it as home when you're talking to other irish people like i've got a mate i've got a mate who does that like if he meets Mm. an irish person like well back home it's like mate you haven't been
0: in ireland since you were three that's not your home (laughs) i i I couldn't really do that that would feel like kind of i I would always consider myself i suppose like i'm a londoner Mm. and then there's the kind of diaspora that kind of spread out as you all as you guys know about in liverpool as well And it's like you're kind of, It's. I think I'm sure I've mentioned this before, it's like a kind of like fanciful version of Ireland that Mm. kind of existed here with all these Irish builders just knocking around together. So their accents just never went. People like, I don't know, Matty and Tip John and the rest. And they'd just be mad on Gaelic football and and talking about that. Yeah, so uh, I don't know where I was going with that stuff. Accent-wise, yeah, it just appears to be, Geeserish, but um, <laughs>
1: you're very standards, mate.
0: Yeah, it still is. It hasn't got very Oxford. My children are kind of like Oxford's. Well, Oxford and an Oxford accent is kind of weird because mm-hmm. there's this. I've heard people describe if you're local Oxford, it's like the cross between a cockney and a farmer because there's that bit of kind of west, kind of west of England influence as well. Mm. You're not far from Swindon, where the inexplicably rival, ri- uh, the inexplicable rivalry between the two cities comes out. And they won't even refer to each other by name. Like, <laughs> like it's Schalke versus fucking Dortmund or something. <laughs> <laughs> you know, That's a real rivalry. Yeah, <laughs> that is. That's oh. a proper real rivalry. And a shout out as well, by the way. I was on Eastern Lariat. Mm. And I was looking for their merch. Fair play Strigger. One of the first things he's, he's done is he's got a Schalke shirt with like Strigger on it using like the Schalke logo. And I thought, that's exactly it. That's what you do first up. You go, right. We're going to give it a go, but I'm getting a Shalker top there as well. So good lads, Trigger. Sounds like you've got some ideas there, <laughs> JP, now. Oh, yes. Yes. Um, yeah. <laughs> I'm looking forward to the uh, when Me- Mecha Shote comes out with his football shirts. We had a good chat about it this week as well. Uh, it's something very near and dear. We're wearing a lot of football shirts recently, but there you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I
1: will put you on the spot anyway. Anyway, what else have you been up to, JP? Have you had a good weekend, mate?
0: Um, Yeah, okay. I mean, I've not had the sort of chance to go away. Mm. There was like a lot of sport I found on this weekend between a couple of hilarious Champions League games, Mm. I will say. I've got a real soft spot in my heart for Brazil versus Germany. Like, I really do. I didn't think I'd get to see another version of it again so soon, but kind of even funnier. And it's the kind of ultimate arrogance of Barcelona, like Brazil, a side that thinks that we don't need to defend and we don't really need to change. We're kind of so much better. And a Bayern side that just sort of will refuse to do anything but evolve. And as much as it saddens me to see Serge Gnabry not playing for Arsenal, I'm kind of delighted for him. Well, he never got a chance Anyway, just ripping seven saves the shit out of them. I thought the Coutinho stuff was funny. Mm. And I've read today that that Coutinho, he had a bonus that if he wins a Champions League, and it doesn't say if it has to be for Barcelona, Barcelona have to play Liverpool another 40 million. Um, So that's something that might be happening. And I found the overall game hysterical. And I was just like messaging my my son throughout again, are you watching this? Because he remembers the Brazil-Germany game. Loved that. I found Man City going out hilarious as well. I had a good laugh nice. at that. Oh, yeah. Man United going out of Europe. Hilarious. Wolves less so, but I really wasn't bothered in the first place. <laughs> but Man United going out funny as well. I'm not one of these people. It's like I should be supporting home nations clubs. Fuck that. Those days are done. We've been in Europe long enough. No, I'm not, I'm not interested in that. I wanted Atlanta to, to win the Champions League. Failing that, Bayern knocking seven sides of shit out of PSG will will happily substitute for that.
1: Did they, did they ever tell you, JP, You mentioned Brazil and that I've seen Brazil play live at Goodison Park. I assume you were in in, uh, in Liverpool at that point. guys. Nineteen and it was nineteen ninety four or five. They played Japan in like a. It was like I remember it because it was like the Umbro Cup or something like that. And like different teams sponsored by Umbro. Who, whose kits were who they by Umbro played? Genuinely. I saw Ronaldo play at Goodison Park, JP. That's, that's, who else can say that? When
0: I was what? 11, I want to see Ronaldo's like rena- reaction to the immediate vicinity outside of Goodison Park. <laughs> is what I want to see. Oh, I was a terrible when he gets game. That Dixie Dean statue, not the statue. That shop across the road that, frankly, looks <laughs> shifty as fuck. That could be any of the shops around that area. To be honest, mate, that's but. true. There's a. I don't know. Maybe that was it. A working man's club that's kind of around the corner. There's several
1: of them. There's several of them. Yeah. But, yeah, the game itself was like proper house show stuff, though. It was like no one cared. I'm sure it was a nil 0 yeah. or maybe it was like one or two now. I don't remember really. Um, but yeah, I've seen Brazil, so
0: that's pretty cool. Good lads. <laughs> but it's always fun seeing them get a kicking, though. They did get... I don't know if you guys got bought. I always used to get... I always preferred Argentina to Brazil, because mm. I always preferred Maradona to Pelé. Mm. I, I, it sounds bizarre. i got quite a strong dislike of Pelé actually because the thing that people don't quite often say you know all these goals he played up against shit for a lot of yeah, years let's be brute yeah. about it who was he playing he, against 50, uh, what was the standards 50s, 50s football's wank mm-hmm. the end and I, and I and i can't accept an argument yeah just to, there were old men like oh Stanley matthews played till he's 50 put him in the 70s maradona's up against hardened italian defenders who were beating the shit out of him and again it's another recommendation to watch the Diego Maradona documentary if that kind of stuff is your bag as well like... but yeah i always preferred that so i always found brazil very arrogant and mm. it was particularly worse over recent years about them being like the best side in the world so there was something about seeing them humbled i'm a i might just be a massive prick when they were crying i was laughing um we signed Perma, Saka at the end of that as well. Yeah, it was all good. <laughs> I don't even know where to go from there. I was going to say, <laughs> probably like a... I've got other sport I could go on about. UFC, snooker. Well, it's like, a lot of action there.
1: It's like wrestling, Great. isn't it? Because, you know, like over the years, you know, standards change. And, you know, five-star mm. match is no longer a five-star match. Like a five-star player is no longer a five-star... That's why Meltzer changed the scale, Gareth. That's why we need six, seven, eight, nine and ten stars on the app. <laughs> Standards have changed since the sixties and seventies. No comment. Uh, <laughs> the eternal question. Uh, do you watch any of the footy of the weekend, Gareth? I was going to say as well to plug. We're going to uh, launch our Grapple Fantasy Football uh, League as well on the uh, official Premier League. I'll probably put a link in the um, in the show notes. Actually, I'll, I haven't got round to uh, literally start the league up, but I'll do that while we're recording. So there should be a link in the show notes now for people to join and uh, and battle against us in uh, in Fantasy Premier League. A very very serious sport. Um, not not just so that I can kick all of the listeners out on my private group that I've got with my mates that like uh, ju- it will move me up eight or nine spots I'm not gonna lie if the listeners left my uh, <laughs> my private group but you know I'd, I'd like to have a grapple group as well.
3: Yeah I know that was uh, this apart from the obvious hilarity of both Manchester clubs in those uh, games uh, I think the return of fantasy football was the big one for me there and starting to think about like oh no it's The the stress is coming again. I'm going to have to start, like, you know calculating stats again and you know stressing about my team until an hour before kickoff or 90 minutes before kickoff as i think they're changing it to mm. now and starting to look at uh starting to look at things there like a bam yang's listed as a midfielder for next year which has already st- already worried me because i've been playing on the on the left there you know that's a new dynamic for me to think about it's uh it's all all very serious because after the way you snuck in there at the end beno and passed me at the end last year <laughs> It's going to be hell to pay next season.
1: Well, I was going to I was gonna say, did you did you see the lad who uh, who won the overall thing got it stripped of him? Like, imagine like wh- like you know like there's no way any of us are ever even finishing in the top like 1,000. never mind winning fancy Premier League. No. he won it and then two months later like yeah you broke our rules so you've lost it and they gave it to someone else who came second that's not gonna happen in the grapple league by the way gareth i'm uh, i'm taking my uh my victory from this last season like you, you you beat the shit out of me last year i'm pretty sure and i think like, the year before we were maybe in the same league and it, it was when you were still running your son's league uh, your son's team um, and yeah, so yeah. you know it was a long time coming that revenge
3: yeah, yeah, and speak for yourself I know We're never going to get in the top things there <laughs> on the old on the old Telegraph one. I've done the top one hundred before. You, uh, you've, uh, you've you've rattled my cage too much there, Ben. I was uh, I told you there's going to be hell to pay on, next season.
0: On the cheating thing, what exactly did he do? When you say broke the rules, it, all he cheat. said is
1: he he, he he broke the terms and conditions. I wonder whether it's one of those where you know right. because the rules are you're only supposed to have one team. So I'm guessing maybe he was someone who had like 10 different teams and he was just playing the odds uh, and he won because of that. I actually don't know, pure speculation.
0: Oh, right. So it's all like the episode of Only Fools and Horses where Del Boy wins a trip to Spain and Rodney has to pretend to be his son. (laughs) 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 I don't don't know if you remember that. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) I don't think the prize is that good, mate. I think you win a digital camera and that's about it. Oh, okay. But I mean, like, (laughs) I would say, like, take the Jesse Ventura line when it comes to cheating. You mm. know, win if you can, lose if you must, but always cheat. <laughs> like, I, I think that's like, you know, you're not playing the, these days it, with you two especially, and this this season's been somewhat eye opening for how mm. the whole fantasy league thing works, doing it properly. Like, you two are fucking mercenaries when it comes to this stuff. Like. I'm already angsting about whether Mikel Antonio is going to carry on the rich vein of form that he finished the season with mm-hmm. or what's going to happen. Is everything going to go shit in the next few weeks? I'm generally terrified to pick Arsenal players because we're just a fancy Newcastle at this point, just going slightly mental from the inside. But, um, yeah, yeah, that fantasy league stuff is a bit addictive. Well, I'm looking forward to it.
1: We'll have like a prize or something for grapple, you know, give,
0: give some uh, some cash out or something. Why not? tenner in when i go, Let's go just do it let no big boy with this stuff yeah maybe right, for a private like league i don't sakes.
2: know i said kind of this about the
0: g1 pickham <laughs> oh yeah the we should do that as well the g1 if you could get a thousand like a thousand people put 20 quid in and you're arguably winning more than the g1 winner would have done over that time
3: I'm just thinking here about the logistics or legislation of like the gambling commission getting involved or something
0: like
1: that. That's here. why you only win a camera when you're playing. Are you they listening Luke? to this? <laughs> Probably
3: not.
0: It's between friends. Some, bug-
3: some bugger will lose and grass you up. Ah, oh, for
0: fuck's sake! It's a tenner for crying out loud. Always a money. I'm just trying JP. to add a bit of flavour to, to to the FBL rules uh well while
1: you were doing that this weekend, I went to uh, a little day out on saturday went to um they got like an arcade bar in Liverpool city centre. I think there's one in every city centre now you know where they've got like retro oh, games yeah. and stuff uh, a few games of a uh, wrestle fest and a uh, and w w f raw Classics are still the best. Raw was on the Mega Drive, I think. Yeah, it was on the Mega Drive. Yeah, um, Wrestle Fest was like the full like setup and that the, the, you know, the four joysticks where like two of them don't really work properly anymore, and you've got like, you know, it's been, it's amazing that game though because it's like. It was made in the 80s, and I've always thought, mm. like, as far as graphics go for wrestling games, it's up there. I know it's very it's cartoony because it's 80s wrestling, but, you know, yeah. LOD, Boss Van Hogan, Warrior, Kurt Hennig. Is it like,
3: the, it, is it the earth, Earthquake one? Yeah, earthquake yeah. On, ah, yeah. oh, I
0: remember that, yeah. And you, and you fight DiBiase and Andre the Giant at the end. That's it, yeah. I remember, like, Mate, in, like... I bunked off school to go to the Trocadero to play that game. Paul Brown, who I've also mentioned on here before. <laughs> the legendary oh, Paul Brown. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was glorious stuff, mate. I I remember going we was... on holiday in like
1: 1996 and going to Mallorca and them having it like on the resort where we were, and I literally just spent my entire holiday savings playing the game every day because I knew I wasn't going to get another chance because it felt. I mean, obviously it'd been like what six years, but it felt like a a game of another time that I was never going to find anywhere else.
0: I'd love to play that on like a PS4 mm. because it was. I mean. You could be LOD, couldn't you? You mm-hmm. had um, oh, who else was on it? Was it Earthquake?
1: Did they yeah. have um,
0: Headache, um Did they have a Kerry Von Erich on there?
1: I don't they didn't think Texas
0: so. Tornado, did they? No. Jake the Snake was on it. Also, Jake the Snake. The Man
1: Warrior. It's like it's 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 like your stars of like late eighties, early nineties. Were you ever PDF.
0: Hogan or Warrior? Because I certainly fucking wasn't. <laughs> I was to be Anyone fair. but um, Demolition.
1: I always like Warrior. I always like Warrior. He was my favourite at the time. If Brutus Beefcake was in the game, I'd have gone him. For whatever reason, he was my favourite wrestler. Uh, but Warrior was a close yeah. second.
0: That's someone else I knew he was his favourite wrestler in <laughs> um, like WrestleMania six mm. around that time he liked him. Who did he beat at Mania Six? Who? Warrior? Not Honki's. Hogan? No, 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 no. Um, yeah. hmm. who did he win at Wrestle? Well, I do have to go. Because last, just... last week I gave a completely false result to the oh, match, yeah. which <laughs> suggest that, which suggests I never watched the fucking thing at all. You were telling us and that felt... started
1: a match for a thirty-minute draw, and you were giving me grief for not watching it. No, No, I wasn't. I'm sorry. There you go. Yeah, all the same to you, is it? <laughs>
0: um,
1: the, Don't move the, the heat onto me. Yeah.
0: Um, so, yeah, I and it was basically because it was kind of a flat finish. I think he had a in a figure four. This was new was not it, Yeah. The bell rung and I thought. Oh, all right, it's a big draw, is it? Hmm. Um, and then I started skipping through the other post-match stuff to get to the Keno-Goshiyazaki match, the 60-minute match that was just fine, which is, you know, is a sign of whether or not you want to dedicate your time to it. People like it more more than I do. But yeah, I gave it as a draw. Muto won, which now in hindsight looks like a terrible bit of booking. Looks kind of <laughs> like a bit obvious, though, to Kitamiya. I don't know if Muto's in the N one. I
1: I, I saw like a promo afterwards where he was like, "And now I'm going to move into the title picture." It's like you just lost a muter? Like what? Odd. Yeah. Does it hurt your star rating, JP? Does it make it higher or lower? Can we can we believe anything you said last week?
0: I don't know if I can believe anything that I <laughs> I, I I've seen last week. I don't know if AEW really happened. I don't know what's going to be happening this weekend. Am I going to get it confused? You know, what happened in SummerSlam? And I was like, well, I was just shocked Cormier lost, frankly. So, you know, God knows what's going to happen. But did he? That's the question. Yeah, did he really? Well, I don't know if you saw that. I mean, he he did lose. Yeah. yeah. But the eye poke was fucking horrible that he got in the third round. And it mm. wasn't like, you know, it happens in fights. And that and Cormier had poked Njocic but it was basically he couldn't see out of his um left his left eye mm. and it was just bloody horrible to watch um yeah. between yeah. that i, do, so I, I, I didn't I, get through the other... sorry no i was going
1: to say it's just sad though isn't it cuz like i love colme mm-hmm. like there's something like you don't expect he's not the type of fighter you think that's going to be a top drawer in fighting but because he's so affable and is a nice person and yeah. you know in the John Jones stuff he was always the clear baby phase, wasn't he and on commentary he comes across like so intelligent and again affable yeah. like he, i honestly think this will do this will do a monster like buy rate purely because of him i think like uh, they're going to they're going to miss him um, i was glad they came back for this one more and it's like yeah losing like that you're like oh i'd love for him to come back again but i kind of respect that he's probably you not know, got it.
0: in an alternative universe mm. like he's the kind of person you bring in for a program with jericho mm. weirdly enough rather than say you're tyson because he would be fair game mm. for all of what happened yeah he'd love it and he, he loves wrestling doesn't he? and he would absolutely love it you could tell when he was in there with Lesnar, for example, and they did that that stare down, and he was like, "Oh, brilliant! I get to be pro wrestler now." I forgot I get about to, that. I get yeah, when hopefully... he shot
1: that angle at UFC, yeah, yeah, yeah. It went anywhere. But it? it
0: was well, it was Brock, wasn't it? Mm. Biggest bullshitter in the fucking business, and his own angle. He just, yeah, yeah, just working his angle. He did it with Taker as well, didn't he? Mm. Um, and and that's the thing with him; it, it, like, he would be perfect for that. I would hate to see him going anywhere in the WWE, and. If anything, the Cain Velasquez stuff, who he's friends with, like really good friends with as well, you'd like to think if he if he wants to scratch that itch, basically, and it mightn't be the time at all. And frankly, the gig he'll get on Fox on on ESPN with the uh, UFC is going to be good. I could see him doing all manner of kind of commercial stuff. Like you say, he's just when they booed him in UFC, I was always genuinely stunned mm. because it was like I. Like, you're booing him basically because he's your white meat baby face. Mm. But there's no real actual reason for booing him because the guy's a great fighter who you can't help but empathize with. And has turned in like a hell of a commentator as well pretty Mm. easily and seamlessly. And it seems like I still think at his age, he's what, 41, 42? Mm. I think if you came in with like a very small, limited program, you you could really do something with him. But obviously, it couldn't be in WWE
1: because Vincent Mann doesn't know who he is. He's not a uh, he's not a, a, a former NFL player. who's a panelist, so he's not a celebrity.
0: He's he'd a, look. He'd look at his, his look. look. Yeah, yeah, he's short, isn't he, and stocky. Yeah. yeah. Whereas you put him in there with Jericho, like, and he hits him with like. You put him in there as against Hager as a build up to kind of it. Like, I swear to God, like, because he did some pro wrestling training, mm. rather like Lawler. Like, I, I don't know whether or not it's because if you're a collegiate wrestler, that's always going to be an option for you to go down. Mm. And it's, and I think, you know, it's something that you always seem to be very passionate about anyway. And yeah, so it'd be, I, I'd i love to see him do it at some point. Oh. And I wouldn't be surprised if he did.
3: Well, my mate just texted me about, just as we were speaking, there saying John Jones had retired. I'm just sort of like googling it now, and I'm just thinking you could just, show, you could just show it. See him showing up in WWE. I think with his uh, with his look and with his with his track record He's as tall, well. Tall, isn't he? It right, <laughs> yeah. fit right in. I think Vince would love a bit of John Jones. He
0: literally sent a message though after the main event at UFC saying he was looking forward to stepping it up with the big boys in the heavyweight division.
3: What WCW is coming back?
0: yeah well that's it
3: that's where where the big boys play (laughs) that was the
0: lamest catchphrase
1: by the way of all time where the big boys play even as an 11 year old i thought that was lame never mind what i'm sure you guys
0: thought of it (laughs) Heenan used to always yell it didn't he used to say it like quite near the start when you'd see nitro on um was it turner classic movies then yeah it was was tcn um
1: I I know because I remember I literally wrote to them, JP, when I was like 11. I wrote them a letter saying how much I enjoyed Nitro. Really, it was just a ploy to try and get some free t-shirts because I'd heard that 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 might happen if you uh, send them a nice letter. And I made clear that my favourite wrestler was DDP. All I got back was a, a nice letter on um, it was from like the TNT UK offices and it did have like the, the Nitro logos, like the letterhead. So I was pretty impressed by that. And I think it did have Where the Big Boys Play on the uh, on the thing. And I just got like this really like, I've got it still somewhere where it's just this really nice like secretary going. Oh, thank you for your letter, Richard. We have noted that you are a big fan of Diamond Dallas Page. Please keep tuned to TNT to watch Where the Big Boys Play WCW. Thank you. And I was like, oh man, I thought I'd get some free shit out of that. Didn't work. Good play, though.
0: As well, haven't It made did. sense to me. <laughs> yeah, they were giving away a load of shit at the time. Like, <laughs> fucking Iron Sheet got a quarter of a million. I don't know if you ever worked a match there.
3: I was going to say, I'm surprised you didn't get a hundred grand a year contracts Yeah, <laughs> say. still have it now.
0: <laughs> Dear Richard, like... why didn't you attend the World War Three Papers? <laughs> you were expected to be part of the Three Ring Sixty Man Battle Royal.
2: Uh,
1: I, I'm going to dig that out and post that on Twitter. Um, but I was going to say, like on the on the MMA to, to wrestling front, like mm. if he did it, where do you think he'd fit? Like who were the best like MMA to to wrestling crossover? I think it's Brock, isn't it? Brock's like your number one. But like, there's been a yeah. lot of like, like Tito Ortiz is one where like for me, I always thought that was the obvious crossover. I always thought like, you know, the because he was always a character, wasn't he? You know, the stuff, you know, where he win his matches and he would do like the digging a grave uh, taunt, and he was, he was, he was all charisma, wasn't he? Really for building his fights and stuff. And then you like you plopped him in wrestling and do the what, what was it the uh, the August One War in TNA stuff and the other stuff he did in TNA. And he couldn't have had less personality. Like, Rampage Brown, the same. King Mo, like, I think he's still training now, isn't he? It's like seven years later and he's never done anything. Uh, most mm. of the time, it doesn't work, does it? I think, obviously, Brock's kind of the other way around, isn't he? Starting in wrestling and going to going to UFC. But it never really works mm. when you think it would. So it's always hard to kind of to judge whether someone would actually make it in wrestling. Like, Cain Velasquez, for one. Like, you know, he looked great in Mexico. And then,
0: yeah, that WWE run was uh, could have been worse, really. Well, he was kind of between two bizarre positions where he trained Lucha and then was expected to kind of work a mock shoot style with Brock, Mm. like in a very short space of time. So he's kind of always, I don't know, like, not saying set up to fail in WWE is how he always felt. Like, I would say with Ortiz, like, you put him in the hands of a promoter who kind of knows at least what they're doing and what little value they can get. Like, TNA was never the place for him to go to for that and like the kind of playing in the, it was the aces and eights angle wasn't it he mm. was he was part of and it's like so i've seen king mo and mlw and obviously they haven't they're looking at recording some new stuff soon and they got that contract with dazone so i think they're doing some like empty arena stuff pretty much upcoming and king mo isn't good but in some ways they're probably more likely to get as much value out of king mo as a wrestler at this point in time mm. i think it's like if you think of it in some ways the hager one is the kind of best natural fit he doesn't wrestle that much on dynamite when he does the idea of him losing is kind of fine cuz he's not your end villain he's just your he's just your like your bully sidekick as much as anything and in some ways mma fighters in wrestling that's kind of where it should go mm-hmm. um at this point really i mean there's the... The obvious one with matt riddle really in terms of a style and as a as a as a style he always got the idea of how to kind of transition between mma and wrestling and particularly how you sell i would have faith funny enough if because there seems to be so many but in terms of the charisma it's not always heavyweights mm. that's the issue. i would say someone like Derek lewis for example you could book as a like as quite a hilarious heavyweight if he had an aptitude for wrestling, but it's hard to know that. And the heavyweights are there, but they're not always necessarily the draw mm. as well in MMA. So well, Connor, when you, you know. say, you say Connor, the problem then is, is like, unless you're doing the Floyd Mayweather big show, which that's was a hell of an do. achievement yeah. on what they managed to do, but that's really the only way to do it. And it kind of sets the template for it as well. Doesn't it? Mm.
3: Um, I think the ones like the ones that it's always like the ones that slip through the net for me, like like Rampage Jackson, I think he would have just been such a great like someone on Wrestling just with the promos and things. I know he was in TNA for a bit. I can't even remember did he work a match or not, or, or not? Maybe did a did a couple, but again, just like again, just the look and the big character and things mm-hmm. like that, and just been you know great on the mic. Someone like Chael Sonnen as well. Like I think he you know he's probably past it age wise now, but again, just on the mic as well, like having that all round skill set. He's someone who he was in Global like, Force, mate, wasn't he? Yeah, uh, yeah, you know he he could have. I think he could have they could have done more with him at the at the right time things. I suppose you've obviously got Tom Lawler as well now, as well, you know, who's, yeah, who's obviously he's doing right. thing that again. You know, he's shown loads, bags of potential. And, you know, he's definitely got like time ahead of him as well. So I think there's, a, there's there, but I always think it is just the size aspect. I think with the majority of them suddenly, when you see these, these guys who are middleweights or something like that, who've got bags of personality or something, then you stick them in a, in a wrestling ring next to, next to certain other people and just that body shape or size and things like that. They're just, I don't know. They suddenly look a different proposition to when they're like up against guys who are the, who are the same weight. And um, I don't know, it's a, but it's a, you'd you'd expect, You'd have expected there to have been more. I mean, obviously, you know, one of the things that we were, we probably get on to talk about later is that Austin-Brett Hart match and obviously Ken Shamrock in that one. Mm-hmm. You know, like Shamrock's obviously was kind of the, the first big one. I know he'd started in wrestling and gone to, you know, gone to MMA and and come back, but, you know, he's probably the is he the benchmark or just Shamrock? I
0: don't
3: know. Dan Seven, mate, come on! <laughs> Disrespect Dang for
1: Dan the Beast, here. Steve Blackwood? No, he wasn't UFC. He was just a real, he's just a real man, uh, a real fighter. Um, yeah, suppose,
3: Shamrock. I Rousey, I suppose we're missing.
1: Oh well, <laughs> yeah, yeah, she was. The bigger, the bigger she was good right role. away, wasn't she? Like she was like unavoidable. Like the thing with Rousey was, I always thought that could go either way. Like they could bring her in and throw her in a shit mid card feud and not actually understand who she is and the draw she is really like there's obviously complaints like you know with the booking and stuff at, at points but overall i think they got razi right didn't they like they protected her she protected herself and you know her matches were always very you know uh, planned ahead and, and and staged in that way but she was very good at what she did and um, she was protected well enough I would say, in-ring by the people she worked with. Yeah, she's a really good example, actually, of someone that's, uh, that's made it work. I, it's, it's a shame, to be honest, she left. I don't think she's going to come back either. Um, like, there was uh, definitely more mileage in, her, in doing stuff with her, in a, maybe in a more competent company.
0: Yeah, there definitely would have been. And, and I always think ultimately going in the way of a three-way was not what people necessarily wanted to see. Mm. They wanted to see her versus Becky that was the match that was there that was the one that was actually being kind of set up and that for me was always a thing that kind of tarnished it they did as well as they've done in terms of those kind of very small minimal programs Mm -hmm. with a big star they possibly done as well as they had done for quite some time Mm -hmm. because most of the time you look at tyson fury that was horrific You even look at Cain Velasquez-Brock, like we mentioned earlier on, that was absolutely awful as well. Mm. Um, But when you mention Rousey, I mean, the one that I think should still be, should be up there is Shayna Baszler. Mm. Because just in terms of that transformation of who she is as an MMA fighter and just transitioning into wrestling, whilst at the same time, Knowing how to kind of work that style and work, you know, work, say, a sleeper, or an arm bar that she's not going to injure anyone during it. And she knows exactly what she's, you know, there's a hell of a lot of, of competence and she's charismatic as all hell, mm. really, in many ways. And she's just different from what they have. And there's so much still they could do with that. And it just feels like that will never be the case. And I hope Colby Covington doesn't go into wrestling because he seems like an awful prick of a man. Yeah, um,
1: Just wearing a Trump hat doesn't make you a great heel.
0: Um, let's all agree on that. It's um, the most lazy fucking heat, isn't it, as well? Yeah. He appeared it. in TNA. Sheesh. I wonder if Henry Cejudo will ever come back to UFC as well. Fingers crossed. Though. He look- yeah,
1: well, we, we've, I think we've just stolen a, a roundtable topic for you there, JP. The, uh, MMA fighters in, yeah. uh, in wrestling. I think you could get, get some get get Will on, get some uh, UFC gurus on. Could work that. Have you got another be, one of them coming
0: up? By the way, uh, we have. Yeah, we've got one coming up. Um, it'll be uh, by out by this weekend. Mm. So uh, doing one at the end of this week about AEW. Okay, and sort of a bit of a deep dive into a lot of areas around AEW as well. Mm. So uh, yeah. Have a, have a look out for that probably very late Friday, early Saturday.
1: Oh great stuff um, well yeah, we're going to talk a little bit of AEW TV ourselves later but before we do I think this show is going to be more of a we're going to go through some of the news and uh, maybe preview this uh, alleged big SummerSlam weekend coming up as well but yeah if we're going to talk the news lads I think there's only only one place to start uh, welcome to the Thunderdome lads the, uh, the WWE have done it again they're grabbing the headlines lads it's a it's a thunderdome whatever a thunderdome is they're uh, they're apparently making the amway center into like their home for the next little while they're they're moving because the problem is you know during this lockdown period it was never the book in it was never the show, you know. It was never anything that they did. It was just purely they're in the performance center. So that's the reason all the ratings have gone down. So instead, we'll move it to the Amway Center. We're building a Terra Dome, uh, sorry, Thunderdome. Dome. Dome would be a better name. Um, the video set I think is it boards, pyros, lasers, graphics, drone cameras. They're gonna have fans in a virtual like uh, like what the uh, what basketball and baseball have been doing in uh, in America where there's like video walls with uh, with different fans on. Um uh, looking forward to you applying for that, JP. Uh, and they, I think they're mm-hmm. carrying it on through SmackDown, Raw, and pay per views. There you go. Everything's saved. Kevin Dunn's in charge. I saw him uh, doing some interviews and doing the rounds too. Uh, they're gonna. To, uh, they're gonna bring. He was the, doing uh, interviews,
0: was he? Yeah,
1: yeah. There's a little bit of q and A, a, Q&A, a bit, a few quotes from him, I suppose. Is it? It's still. I mean, not. No one's grilling him on. Uh, so, mate, why do you need to do 27 camera cuts per 10 seconds of show? Yeah, it was more just him talking about. Well, the WWE of uh, we're the leader in broadcasting, and we're gonna we're gonna improve things even further. You know, typical stock lines. Um, but yeah, there we go. The uh, the Thunderdome's coming. Uh, excited, JP.
0: <laughs> the, the Thunderdome I've got in my head could be hilarious. And it involves... I mean, I, I'm aware that at they will be asking fans to send in submissions. I will be. Yes! Multiple times. <laughs> Not with my photo, though. you are got to get DQ'd like the FPL, lad. Don't do too many. I, I, want, I want a fucking rogues gallery in that front row. <laughs> like... I mean, I'll just say it. Harold Shipman. Idiot mean. Like, I think go big. I want to look at that front row and go, that is fucked what I'm seeing at the minute. I'm watching, I don't know, Asker versus Sasha Banks. And there's Rosemary West. Is that there behind them as well? (laughs) I mean, it may distract. Because it'll be awful. Because it's Kevin Dunn. I've zero faith. He Mm. knows how to build a big set like they still haven't mastered those fucking shite laser graphics they do and i've always got an image of askers f- of the masks that she used that they always send to project that's just terrible mm. um this is going to be awful i mean i'm assuming again thunderdome they're not off this mad max kick it's yeah. like they watched fury road and went do you know what? We're gonna go back and watch the originals <laughs> and like he probably ignored The Road Warrior, which is a cracking chase movie. He just went straight to the Thunderdome, probably because they went, oh, Tina Turner's in it. Sat down, put that on, and then they thought we're going to use this. And my recollection of the film, and I could be wrong, it has been a very long time since I've seen it, were there lads floating around using chainsaws inside there? There was a big bloke that died in there, I think, at one point, who Mel Gibson fights. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Probably probably anti Semitism at the heart of it, maybe that fueled his anger. Um fits the W. Yeah, it would do, wouldn't it, as well? Um so yeah, the I don't know where I'm going with this. Um it's gonna be fucking shite. But like I say, <laughs> please listeners, if you do one thing, any entries you send in, they need to be troublesome. They really do. They need to be bad people, showcase on the front row, all over Fox all over usa network i want people switching in they're seeing dharma they're basically seeing the cast of manhunter uh mindhunter (laughs) in there as well like awful 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 people just get them in there
3: Uh, (laughs) you put your application in gareth i just want people holding grapple signs up download grapple now that's what that's what i want if anyone manages to get one of those on there's a there's a, there's a small prize in it for you. Guerrilla marketing.
1: <laughs> the Ogdens will get in. That's what I want. If, you, if you're WWE, that's what you do. You go to the Ogdens and go, listen, lads, we, we we need a bit of atmosphere in these shows. We need Jeff and Andy. And they could get the claps going, hold up some grapple signs, a couple of craft ales. Like, I think I'd, watch, I think I I'd be well more into the show.
0: Yeah. Then.
3: I just want to see Andy's hands on a screen just <laughs> clapping. and Just... <laughs> Just watching the other like TVs shake next to it kind of thing as he booms out one of those claps, that'd be that'd be awesome. But... And then
0: if he could turn around and bollock the virtual Dominic Cummings that sat the other side of Jet, <laughs> then that would be like that would kind of round everything up. Uh, I don't think anyone's done this video war thing without being trolled. Like it, it's yeah. happening, isn't it? Like it's happening. Bin Laden's been at most of the games that I've seen. There is always one of and how long's he been dead now since John Cena took his top? Off and announced it on top of a table. If I remember <laughs> it Compromised
1: to a permanent end.
0: That's what what a a fucking letter.
1: announcement
0: to give to people? Um, <laughs> I just remember it being on Charlie Brooker saying this is the way that the world found <laughs> out about Osama bin Laden. Um, oh, Arsenal
3: wow. season took out, wasn't it?
0: That was always the rumour. Bin Laden? It? I don't know if that Bin Laden, yeah, that he was in London and he went to see Arsenal. Wow. I'm wondering what version of the side he saw because if he went in some of the end of the George Graham years that 94 period was bad and I'm not saying it would lead you to do terrible things but you're certainly not in a good frame of mind after watching a season of George Graham football when he just eliminated the midfield I could go further but I will restrain myself.
1: (laughs) Please do JP (laughs) Anyone you're hoping for for Gareth in the, uh, the front row on these shows?
3: No, I mean, my mindset was just totally the same as JP when he was. As soon as it's Thunderdome, I'm just thinking Mad Max immediately, and I'm just thinking like, at least, well, at least Vince's lockdown film watching has got up to like 1985 sort of thing. So he's catching <laughs> up. He's, get, he's getting there from uh, Great Balls of Fire or whatever it was two years ago or something like that. You know, is 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 getting a bit more <laughs> recent. But if uh, if anyone's got any recollection of um, Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome, what I'm looking for is brawn smashing the mask off the field fiends to reveal it's actually eugene under there which yes. I think you have to have a pretty pretty good memory of a uh, pretty good memory of mad max to uh, get that one but uh, <laughs> cause, do you not remember that jp it's sort of come flashing
0: back in a, in a sort of proustian type way
3: Oh, yeah. uh, the, 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 the big beast, as as uh, as as Mel Gibson smashes his mask off, he reveals uh, that yeah. he's actually uh, he's actually Down syndrome, so he can't kill him, sort of thing. So then uh, <laughs> then he has to pay the pay the price because uh, it's supposed to be two men go in the Thunderdome and one leaves. You know, one of them's got to die. So uh, so yeah, so uh, I'm sure they can probably Bruce Pritchard will probably be open for working in some kind of a uh, some kind of angle like that. But um, I've just got like- my hopes open because they i can i can vividly remember now the crowd chanting like bust uh like uh bust the wheel bust the wheel face the deal kind of thing and then so it's just got me i seem to bring this up every time i'm on here is the old wcw spin the, spin the wheel make, make the, the deal. deal so yeah. i've got that uh i've got that got that in my head as well kind of thing so maybe finally we might get the comeback of the uh, spin the wheel make the deal but i don't know anything's got to be uh more interesting than the uh, bollocks that have been been feeding out there over the last few months anyway
1: I just had to double-check, because you mentioned Eugene. He is, in fact, alive. If anyone else had that thought like I did, I'm, I was like, I'm sure I remember him dying, maybe. He's still going. He's still available for a booking. It could happen.
0: Yeah, that was one of the early characters where I'd look at WWE and go, I'm kind of not watching this shit. This is awful. Let's put on CNA. Cool. <laughs> flying flying Elvises. I like the Eugene um... stuff,
1: you know. I thought it was good. I think... Maybe I was naive and I thought it was going to turn out like he was going to be an evil mastermind and he wasn't really Eric Bischoff's nephew and he, you know, because you always hear then you like he'd done this great heel work down in OVW and he was underutilized. There's Eugene. I was always waiting for the big turn when you get the big reveal. Um, and he's just uh, he's just worked his way into being like world champion or something like that and it was all all an act. I think there was money in Eugene, not so I, much I in uh, been-
3: oh god. That would have been amazing. That, that, that's You see, that would have been the best way for it to have evolved, the character, so quite clearly they didn't do it. Yeah, of course.
1: And instead, we got him on Indies doing Eugene, a U-Gene. It's one of the worst, like... WWE knockoff. Like the only one worse than that is Cajoni when Balls Mahoney went to TNA and yeah, had to, uh, when they did that, um, that, like their version of One Night Stand and they couldn't call anybody by their names. Like, just Hardcore incredible. Just Yeah, yeah. Just incredible was like PJ Walker and yeah, Balls Mahoney was Cahony's. uh Yeah, it was uh, a.
0: <laughs> TNA was always good at that,
1: like pulling out the, the names that kind of sound alike, but they're not quite
0: the same. That's the um, most TNA thing to do really isn't it for for that kind of stuff Um, Raven
3: Raven was pigeon
0: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, regarding the Thunderdome are the PC not going to this as well is it going to be a mixture of them and virtual fans and perspective? you'd imagine so yeah to make noise maybe I
1: don't know but nothing's been said are you going to trust the fans because like things could be said you know you get the wrong person on that stream
0: uh, oh no way am i letting the general public if well i wouldn't but like there's no way you'd let them involved in decision making like this i wouldn't try i mean not if you're doing it from a business perspective me being me yeah obviously i want to see this all day long i want to i just want to see what the fans can do to hopefully kind of like almost ruin the show um at time you know so I'm just hoping for the Leslie Grant to like half on Twitter. Smackdown.
1: Oh sorry. Oh yeah. <laughs> Leslie Grant. <laughs> That's what we do. Dirty dead,
0: So Barry Moore suggested <laughs> somebody put a photo of Savile and Roll Harris sat down together. <laughs>
1: this
0: is like problematic um, pro
1: wrestling all over again, JP.
0: It, it is. I mean, if we can get raw if we can get WWE in trouble with their advertisers, I'd take that as a moral victory. So like, yeah. <laughs> go bad people just don't. go bad take out your angst on WWE and how this, can you punish them?
1: this is just me and JP talking by the way please don't sue grapple sorry Gareth <laughs> I
3: was, I was going to say don't get too excited anyway because you know it's going to be 20, 20 blokes from Evolve who would have put like yeah. sort of put in merch kind of on there yeah. anyway kind of thing all but, wear so yeah. the same t they,
0: the, well they, they've got that, lo- that valuable tape library now hmm I resubscribed to the network just for well, the Evolve footage.
1: That was the next uh, story I was going to go into. Oh. So, yeah, good, uh, good segue there. JP might as well cover all the w- mm. news in one. They have uh, It has finally happened. Evolve, Progress, WXW, and ICW are uh, are on the network. And, yeah, it's uh, <laughs> it felt like this was a big story two years ago. Remember when all we cared about, when we <laughs> thought about BritRes was like, ah, oh, Progress are selling out, like... Does anyone care now? <laughs> How naive does that feel now? Like, we've got bigger problems than uh, than Progress selling out and going on the network. But it's finally happened. They uh, After years of talk of Vince being hot on it and then cold on it, and the story was they were going to have these different network tiers where they've got the free tier now and there's going to be the nine ninety nine tier and then there was going to be the more expensive tier that would include... The indie tape libraries, uh, and it just never ever came to fruition. Uh, like I say, I think the Observer like one one to be reporting Vince is back on board, but doing that, and then the next one is like, yeah, he doesn't care anymore. Which I'm not throwing shade at the Observer. I can absolutely believe that was the that was the case, and because they've seemingly ditched any plans of doing a higher network tier i think they're just looking to outright sell the network wholesale to a a big company at some point um they've just gone ahead and started doing it and my what a selection of shows we've got lads it's uh, it's not really a random manchester progress show a wxw show (laughs) that's not even in germany a couple of of evolved best of's and best of all Jeff Jarrett on an ICW show because you know you have to have the Jeff Jarrett tired Uh, yeah not particularly the most uh, exciting lineup here but it's uh, it has happened finally JP
0: yep Uh, chef's kiss to Jeff Jarrett again because you know that he was involved in it or it was an idea oh Jeff Jarrett's headlining it that's what we will do (laughs) it's difficult to know what the criteria for picking shows really is the least nonsense possible (laughs) That's, do you know what? I was going to say pretty much the same thing. It was like, okay, which shows have we got sex offenders at a a minimum? Okay, (laughs) these are the ones we'll go with.
1: (laughs) I honestly think that's what they've done. Like a Random Progress Manchester show?
0: Like, I know it's got Walter Ilya in the main events, but, like. Well, it's a funny one. It's a very, it's like, it's what you think of as a soft launch, isn't it, as well? Yeah. So, like, I could see they're just putting it out there to see how many people watch it, but the problem is these shows. I and I don't like of the shows generally. Certainly, like the Progress One and the ICW One, mm. it's not like Glory Days ICW, is it? Mm. I also understand as well. They cut a lot of Grado's entrance out, which oh. hits upon the eternal problem of all of this: is the lack of music and the atmosphere mm. and with the benefit of hindsight if everyone stuck to the guns and said look when you buy the footage you can dub over it with whatever you want that's entirely up to you but we need to do this in order to maintain the kind of live atmosphere Mm. um i'm a bit wary that they might change their mind again before going sort of all in with uploading all of the content they have Mm. i think it's more the idea that like They might look at it, not see impressive viewing figures for those first few and then go, well, no one wants to watch it because they don't like the presentation. And it gives them the kind of easy out for it, because it's not like they're putting any kind of real promotion behind it as well. Mm. And that may not be the time, but there'd be a lot of people you'd want to say, look, we've got these full collections. You might well have subscribed to them for years. And it's just another way of trying to entice people in. But I can't see anyone signing up on the back of these few shows. I mean, I like Keith Lee. Enough to watch an an Evolve's best-of special of him? Nah, that's fine. Um, You know, there isn't anything necessarily to kind of get excited about. And like you say, there's shows that all feel, frankly, like they're kind of past whatever peak, for the most part, that the company's kind of had. Mm. And like you say, it's two years too late. Mm. Uh, And yeah, there might be some small idea of like, I'm on here as well. But if you look at all of the footage they have, like pretty much most people whoever meant anything to a degree within the seventies, eighties, nineties, two thousands, the tens, and now the twenties are going to be focused in some way. And I fear this stuff will just get lost down the whatever the global wrestling federation and USWA vaults that they've got there as well, and it just becomes a European thing. The it's like that moment has passed where it would have had any inherent value.
1: Yeah, and yeah. Uh, what do you make of the, the selection, Gareth? Were you at that? Um, were you at the Progress Manchester show that's on here? The uh, the random chapter with uh with Walter. I remember that being a very good match live. Can't say I'm desperate to to rewatch it on the network, but yeah, that's a that's a choice, isn't it? Uh, it's just odd. It's just a really really chapter ninety two apart from twenty nineteen. Like, is that what you your best foot forward with putting progress on the network? I suppose it's after they changed the music the second time, so maybe that's what it is. It's an easier edit but yeah odd
3: yeah I just thought I thought it was just so bizarre when I saw that that was the show that they were putting up and like yeah the main event was good like I was at that show that but I remember thinking that the main event was good but it, it was at that period there like the middle of last year where you just when you were at a progress show it sort of it just felt I don't know you just felt disengaged from it or something like that because it wasn't what it was you know mm. the atmosphere had sort of gone a bit the direction of the booking and things like that was just felt like it was show to show as opposed to any sort anything meaningful be, behind it but um yeah i mean like you say i just echo your points really that it's just too late talk about having all this content when like british and european wrestling was really really hot and they could have done something with it when you know with your brit wrestling's deadline benno about you know it'd been not but brit- not british's dead full stop it'd mm-hmm. been like at one point british wrestling was the world was talking about it you know or or you know hardcore wrestling fans around the world were talking about it and you'd have had people absolutely you know thirsty as anything to be you know watching the, um some of the you know some of these shows from these promotions at that time whereas just like right now it just feels like Especially Great, now. kinds of things. Mm-hmm. So, so what, you know, yeah, obviously, especially now, and then obviously the, you know, you know the the restrictions that it comes into what you can show and what you can't and things like that. But I mean, i was just laughing because I went on the network this afternoon just to sort of see what was up there. And it's got like the the trending now on the whole of the WWE network. Mm. And like there's some some mini documentary on there is trending trending first. But then it's like the number two thing trending on WWE network is the best of Drew McIntyre in Evolve. Okay, so, um, so there you go. So some some people are watching it, and clearly trying to uh try to buy into the uh, buy into the champions uh, past but brilliantly number 3 is ICW's shug's house pie <laughs> 5 <laughs> with a, with a with a picture of jeff of course I, 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 and then number four is SummerSlam 2019. So rather than rather than prepare, watching like last year's SummerSlam, the masses <laughs> out there on the WWE network are talking into a bit of Jeff Jarrett on ICW to uh, to uh, just uh, ease them into the into the, w- the weekend. But interestingly, as you go through that, you've got that Evolve special. You've got the, the ICW show, which uh, was mental to me that that's third. But then. WXW, and then it's Progress. So, like, Progress actually, you know, last out of, you know, Evolve, mm-hmm. ICW, and, and WXW there. So, again, I don't know if that's uh, the show itself or whether it's just a case of, I don't know, the the, the appeal of Progress or, you know. Um, well, it's uh, conclusive
0: proof of the appeal of Double J. Yeah,
3: <laughs> we've yeah. had that confirmed. Is it, is it just Jeff, you know?
0: Well, he's up there basically. He's, he's almost as popular as their champion. As their main champion. So, did um, you watch
1: this show at the time, JP? I feel because like, I thought we reviewed it on BWE, because there's a couple no. of ICW shows we've definitely reviewed where, full confession, I've probably watched on three times speed just to get the fucking, get through the fuckers. Um, that's how much I think of ICW's product. But I feel like we've had the conversation about that Jarrett appearance. I'm sure we maybe, or
0: maybe you watched like the main event. It sounds like something you do. Yeah. I might have watched that and completely skipped everything else. Like, <laughs> Which is a shame because I actually liked one of the commentators, funny enough. I think Billy Kirkwood, there was a lot kind of good about him for it. But it's, I don't know. Is it, and this is the other thing as well. Is the is the ICW popular, is the ICW stuff popular because are the fans going at all mental during it? Maybe it's just got a bit more of an atmosphere. Mm. Have they complete, didn't they always use their own themes anyway? Didn't they, ICW? Not always, but yeah, for a long time. Well, obviously yeah. not like, madonna like a prayer yeah but like like the other stuff as well and that yeah like the appeal of grado is going to be kind of I'll lost name. without uh, yeah without without that kind of intro on there as well mm. i'll be yeah. interested to see how long this keeps up for
3: I, t- I tell you what though the uh the analyst at the back end of the wwe network there he's got to be looking at that best of drew mcintyre doing so well Looking at Jeff's face, doing so well, Grado on that show. There's only one thing for it, isn't it? The TNA library needs to be up on there, doesn't it? Really, you know, that's, uh, <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's a where big the, that's big that's, that's where the growth's coming. So, um, yeah, there'll be Jeff will be in there. I'm sure. I'm sure he's, he's got his finger Global in a few force. pies there still. <laughs> he's got some footage. Uh, I think. Uh, I think we might be seeing that next. You know, especially <laughs> if it's uh, especially if I see drawing out drawing SummerSlam from last year in the the week before this year's show. <laughs> yeah, maybe it's... his
0: big plan is is that he'll take over from Bruce Pritchard. Inevitably, he'll wait to see he'll win his lawsuit. Then with Anthem as well, try and control that TNA library, get it in there as well. I'll just say it: something happens to Vince, <laughs> power vacuum, and maybe he'll do better than what Raul Sanelli's done at Arsenal. He's gotta been found out, been a shifty bastard, but just work his way to the top. <laughs> and it's just Jeff running wrestling again, isn't it? Jeff Double J versus Tony Khan—the battle we never knew we wanted. He's always
1: the one <laughs> man last standard isn't
0: he? Um, but to be fair, there was it was in the Observer this week
1: that Chikara had been trying to sell the library to the I don't think that'll happen now. Um, but yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if that global force uh, lawsuit court battle or whatever it is that's going on right now ends with a uh, Jarrett getting his tapes and going to the uh, going to the network. Uh, yeah, it's coming. It's coming. Yeah, they, to be honest, they've softened people up as well. Though they do a lot of like those table for threes and stuff, where like TNA comes up. Does, it's almost like they talk about TNA like it's this company that used to exist, and whatever Impact is now is like a completely different thing, like. Yeah, it, it, it exists in uh, like well, for example, Abyss was on SmackDown this week. You know, <laughs> uh, there's a lot of uh, a lot of, lot of pe- people, uh, a lot of people, a lot of X T N A people in charge backstage at WWE teams at this point.
3: It's so so bizarre, that, isn't it? There's all these TNA people backstage just as the WWE's gone to absolute erratic <laughs> shit. <laughs> <laughs> That's the, I always say that about TNA, right? Like, everyone who does a oh. shoot interview
1: and comes out, it's like, yeah, it's a shit show. It's terrible. But literally, apart from maybe Paul Heyman, every other big name in wrestling or like book in mind has gone through tna and had some power at some point it's almost like none of them knew what the fuck they were doing um and then they all ended up yeah with power in tna like at this point where like ratings are the lowest they've ever been on smackdown as much as i enjoyed it personally you've got aj styles and and jeff jarrett opposite each other in the ring with joseph parr stood in the corner looking like it's 2015 tna yeah maybe there's a maybe there's something to that argument
0: we, uh, it's weird as it's weird as all hell, isn't it? Did, get, no... did your
1: heart go a little bit, JP, seeing uh, your boy from TNA on the uh,
0: on well, movie program? Well, what, what I always remember about like sort of Joseph Park stuff, because um, he was his lawyer, isn't he? Is
2: um, that the, is
0: that the scene? his brother? Oh, oh, AJ's AJ's lawyer. Yeah, yeah. AJ's lawyer. Yeah, mm. yeah. But yeah, in Um,
1: TNA, it was that hole, wasn't it, where Abyss went... It was a great angle. Like, TNA had little moments where they did really good stuff, and that stuff where Abyss disappeared, and Joseph Park was turning up week to week looking for his brother, Chris. You know, Abyss. And, like, no one realised that it's him because he looks like... um, what is it, Penn or Teller, Whichever, whichever one's the big one out of the two of them. Pen- that's, what, that's what he looks yeah. like to me. Like, and honestly, I'm not even lying. Like, I don't think I was even reading the Observer at that point for the two first two weeks. I didn't realize that that was abyss. It took me two weeks to go, oh yeah, that's what this angle is. It, it, it's it's abyss. I mean, it was obvious after a while, but like he did a really good job of that, and he was so good mm. at playing like because he had that match with I think it was Bully Ray where. Mm. It was the best performance you'll ever see from somebody. Where he's clear, he's a trained wrestler who knows what he's doing, but he played an untrained wrestler so well. Mm. Like you know, didn't know where he was in the ring, didn't know how to do anything like that. To be fair, that character was a really—I mean, it ran its course, but it was a really good little um, angle. TNA at going with that.
0: Yeah, it was. It was. I mean, he was always a kind of easy component to build a very easy feud around, but I remember having such low expectations for it because it's TNA Mm. and then being somewhat pleasantly surprised. And then I think they ruined it afterwards because they're TNA, um, you know, the scorpion and the frog, (laughs) except they're both the scorpion and the frog. Mm. And they just decide to sting themselves for reasons to almost kill themselves and then get brought back from the dead. Um, yeah, it's been around, it's coming up to 20 years now, in a couple of years, oh, but for TNA, oh.
3: yeah. I tell you, my, my mind's just racing now, now that I've just sort of got into this train of thought, because I was thinking about, did you see in that like AJ Styles segment that it was his mm. phenomenal intercontinental statistic system? That was what he was oh, doing. Right. So, it was the, so the acronym PIS. That was the uh that was the thing. And I'm just thinking sports entertainment extreme, like SEX in <laughs> TNA. I'm just like thinking, Russo's fucking there, isn't he? Russo's yeah. <laughs> Vince has been on the blower, like the ratings have got a tank in. What can we do, Vince? And like what you need is uh, is some uh, get get your TNA style acronyms in there as well. Like this has got Russo's fingerprints all over it. Sorry, I'm just now my, my brain's just like running away here, just thinking like this is this is what's happening at uh, at Titan Towers. That's wow. that's shameful
0: that that's what they've come out with, just an a- an acronym that spells PISS.
3: Yeah, the Phenomenal Intercontinental Statistics System. Unbelievable.
0: Which oh, oh is also, God.
3: I think it's a slide, obviously a slide at AEW as well, with, like, Styles doing his, this is the, the top five rankings, or, you know, these are the top five ranked people, and it's it's PISS and a joke that, you know, that there's some kind of, like, ranking system for somebody to get an Intercontinental title shot. But you're just, like... Yeah, I don't know. Bottom, uh, bottom tier stuff again.
0: Well, and maybe shots next, at Mookie Garner. Yeah, <laughs> Ma- maybe next day we'll just start with Chris Harrington going. Vince McMahon. Vince McMahon is a mad old cunt, and he just <laughs> cuts over to the in- entrance to like of. AEW Dynamite. <laughs> Shots fired, people. It,
1: it it is the end times, you know? You've got, got Abyss on SmackDown, Daniel McCabe on, on the WWE network. It's like that's that's just the world we're in now. Um off Martina. Yeah, it's uh Yeah. What an odd world we live in. Um but yeah, I don't think I'm gonna be excited for uh for any of that network stuff to be honest. Um and yeah, it's just kind of just another indication of what on earth is going? What is going on over there? Um, moving on from WWE, anyway. Uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, some New Japan. Uh, and if you thought we were getting away from wrestle crap, then <laughs> New Japan of <laughs> today unveiled their voting for their uh, their upcoming uh, King of Pro Wrestling uh, tournament. And yeah, it's it's awful. It is so bad. Like it is just. It's pure just. I feel like they're just bored, and it's like you know what people aren't into this empty arena. Well, it's not even empty arena stuff anymore, but you know this quiet crowd stuff. It's a dead period. We need to uh, freshen things up, and the way they freshen things up is to like do the worst polls I think I've ever seen. Like, does anyone really want to see you know Okada do a, a handicap match? Like your choice the the, the voting Okada versus Yujiro. Like so for one you're already don't care <laughs> like the stipulations that a one versus three handicap match or a lumberjack match with a leather leather belt i believe at this point ugero's winning in the poll on that 57 percent to 42 percent yano and bushi is another poll a two count pinfall match for yano and a five pound count ring out match for bushi um so i'm guessing yeah you have to you win by getting a two count or I don't even know what a five-count ring-out match is. It's losing anyway. Yano's match is winning. Um, and the other one is Kojima-Despi, where it's a finisher-only match from Kojima and a no-finisher match from uh, El Desperado. And the no-finisher match is, uh, is winning. I feel like a finisher-only match is way more entertaining. If you're going to do wrestler crap, that's what I want to see, just spamming finishes like you're playing WWE 19 on, uh, <laughs> on Xbox Live or something. Um, yeah, it's just... It's shite, isn't it? you got to call a spade a spade with this and I just don't get where they're coming from.
0: I think the only match that has, bizarrely, any potential out of those is Yarno doing a two-count match. Yeah. It could be quite funny in its own silly way, but that is a shocking indictment of what looks generally terrible. Yeah. The Shosanada thing was just weird. Oh, yeah, because they I'm both like...
1: proposed the same match, so they were like, yeah, we won't even have the submission match sound done. <laughs>
0: right okay like you okada again i've watched it once it was it was like the reverse i don't know it was like a reverse of a classic okada match mm. it was a relatively short match that felt like it was a lot longer and it was it was just the opposite of the kenny omega match in the dome so it's like let's see it again but with some bells and whistles with Jado and gado inevitably interfering as well it's mm. going to be horrible is it set up for just a card to win? I mean, my first inclination was I saw this and I thought, this is quite interesting. Can a company have a nervous breakdown? <laughs> because that's what this is. Is New Japan sentient in and of itself? It's hard to make me really think of like Blade Runner, effectively, <laughs> that they just appear to have, as, as a company, kind of had a collective meltdown at this point in time. Mm. Because this is horseshit. I'm sorry. Like, there's a lot of nonsense in recent weeks in New Japan that maybe I kind of think to myself, I've stayed a bit quiet. I'm going to see how this goes. This is bollocks. Mm. This, this King of Pro Wrestling thing is shit. It really is. It's a fucking terrible idea. I've zero interest. It, like you say, it just appears to be the best. The best explanation is they're just taking the piss mm. for a bit and they're deciding to do that. I can't understand this because they're not. It's not even wacky enough for it kind of to be interesting as well. Mm. It's not like they've gone completely batshit on this to kind of turn it into comedy. Like, could show Sonata be fun? It depends how long it's given. You know, you'd like to think Sonata's going to be forced to compress it into, like, 15 minutes or so. But that, you know, but I don't really have any faith. I like show, but I don't really have any faith that it's going to be any kind of a real substantial match for me to get. And everything else, like, Oh, who's Desperado and against? Did you say? Is it Shingo no, Kojima? Kojima. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking hell! I like Kojima from near twenty years ago. I might add. Like, oh Jesus! No, <clears throat> I'm not looking forward to it
3: at all. I, th- I, I think. Could... For, I think for me, it was just that whole thing, like you said, like JP, like not wacky enough. Like when, when, mm. when you know, when the first press conference came out and Nakada was talking about it and. You know, we all had our reservations because we were like, "This isn't New Japan." Like we, do, you know, we don't, you know, we, because he's talking about steel cage matches and all sorts of like, just like it could be this type of match, it could be a death match, it could be this type of match. And then, like, when I saw the list of like what the options were today, I was like, "Okay, that's a bit bland." And then I like looked at the competitors and I was like, "Okay, that's a not very elite field of people, other than." a card really kind of thing now it's just it just has gone from something that I was probably dreading thinking this is just going to be so ridiculous with the different stipulations that are involved and seeing these people work in these different ways it's just felt totally off the wall so now it's just feeling like the most bland pointless thing ever and I don't know which is worse to be honest I think it's I think it's probably the latter I think it's what we've got you know I think uh, I think I'd have definitely been up for seeing a few people doing a bit more ridiculous things and just you know like, oh, yeah i can't use my finisher I'm like great <laughs> i know that's
1: just a match at that point isn't it just without a finisher mm. like I, I i don't get it like it's just a weird time in new japan like i did you ever think and i, I never really cared to me how much i mean obviously the crowd thing's the other big thing but like how mm. much the imports meant to new japan because i'm not even that excited for the g1 like I think I'm excited for the idea of the G1 and having something to watch every day, yeah. <clears throat> but the reality is probably not going to be that interesting, is it? It's going to be New Japan Cup in, in tournament form, um, in round robin form. Yeah, it's just an odd time, and yeah, I I I never really put that much stock in how many. you you, you don't think of like a Kenta as an import through you, but obviously he is because he, he's based in mm. the US. You know, down to the likes of Jay White, who's not available at the moment, uh, to your Ospreys, to your, you know your other people abroad. Like, yeah, I I, I didn't realize that was such a big wow. element of maybe interest in New Japan because. Right now, like, everything just feels blah. I mean, right up to Evil being world champion, which I really... I, like, I don't always uh, enjoy a Kenny Omega interview, but I don't know if you saw it in the Observer, JP. Uh, apparently, when he was doing his... It uh, wasn't even an interview. It was like, you know, that college-speaking thing he did the other week um, where apparently he was having a go at... Uh, at Evil, uh-huh. uh, saying he, I can't remember what he said. He said he's like a, a Transformers villain or something like that. He's a Ghostbusters 2 villain, is how he described him, and, and said he's not up to the standard of be a world champion. And I was like, wow. Coming from Kenny Omega, that's pretty pretty strong. Um, but yet it goes right to the top, and just the overall, like, yeah, malaise around
0: New Japan right now. I just, I just don't really care. Yeah, it really, look, I, I know the arguments around Evil. And I will always stick to the idea of actually it's a three-pronged thing. You've got your character, your storyline, but then you've also got the match quality as well. And the match quality for these matches has been nowhere near the level that's good enough for IWGP. That's for me personally as a fan. I look at the G1 and I kind of wish, because it's it's tournament season, so you've got the N1 that starts at the same time because Noah – seem mm. quite determined to copy New Japan at times. <laughs> but you've also then got the Champions Carnival with, with All Japan coming up. And in a bizarre way, I'm more looking forward to aspects of the Champions Carnival because it's quite truncated and small. Mm. But there's a lot less chance of some terrible matches. And I'm thinking Yujiro is going to be in that G1. Yeah, yeah. He's going to be in that G1. And we're going to long for the days of complaining about Yoshihashi matches in there as well. Honestly, it's going to feel like a fucking golden era compared to some of the shite that could be could be served up. Um, and I'm not even entirely sure if the whole thing's going to be going ahead anyway. And I know they cancelled the show the other day, which just yeah, show yeah, that was another they're not going to take the, um, any risks.
1: Did Stardom cancel a show as well as a precautionary measure? I think that happened too. Um, I think it was an Osaka I, d- show. What,
0: during the five-star Grand Prix? Yeah, yeah. I think they, they cancelled the, one of those shows? Right. They are the, they are the similar I didn't know series. that. That's a tournament that I won't be catching up until the end, just to see if there's any what what good matches come out of it as much as anything else, just because there's too much obviously going on for that. I think they. Yeah, actually I, I'm just. i glad that, so... they're taking that safety precaution, but it's, mm. it feels like it's still going to be a it's still going to be the same size blocks, isn't it? Yeah, it's still going to be, which for me, you know, a reduced schedule G one would kind of go down a real treat. To be honest. And then they're looking at basically running two separate crews, aren't they? Yeah. So there's going to be, you know, your box and your Bleach. Oh, yeah, and even your But they're not guys. going to be appearing on the under they're not going to have the thing of appearing on the undercards as well. So I'm not quite sure how that's going to work. Is it two sets of juniors who are going to be going out there? Along with selected young lions going on each tour. It's There you go. It's you,
1: a weird, your interest has yeah, uh, pipped up there, bit JP. You seem a bit more exciting, a Few young boys, you know,
0: exclusive brand split young it, boys. It, if they were in the G1, <laughs> as a like, you give me Yamura or Gabriel mm. Kidd in a G1 rather than Yujiro. because to be honest, we're not far off with a couple of injuries of a real Def Con One Jeddo or uh, uh, Jado or Ghetto have to appear in the tournament. Mm. Now, fucking doomsday scenarios because he can't walk. I mean, you will make Nakanishi look like he's fucking ricochet in twenty fifteen. <laughs> I
3: think when you just think of those as well, like how how bland and poor the the New Japan Cup was, and if it's this, and like, and that was that was obviously like knockout format. And you think of like some of the the shit that got put out of there quite early on, and then the the idea of it being like, yeah, no, you've got to watch this guy, like, have you know. Match after match after match after match kind of thing as part of like that round robin tournament kind of, you know you know thing for the for the G one like like I'm thinking could this be, could this be worse than the New Japan Cup because there's going to be like you know some of the combinations there that you're going to have to you know watch on multiple times to mm. like you know. Add, I don't think there was much that came out of the uh, New Japan Cup that was, you know, particularly rated highly at the at, at the time from a match point of view. And obviously, G1s typically, certainly through grapple, that's mm-hmm. where you know you look at the year end results last year and the amount of matches from the G1 last year that will be up there in the top one hundred, and they're the ones that are getting mm-hmm. high ratings and that people are, you know, people are you know looking to to go back and watch. And I just think like. <sighs> is there anything they can do? You know, and again, people have talked about things like, can they bring in like guests to appear? But then obviously you've got the Noah stuff and the all Japan stuff going on at the same time. So that's probably kind of out of the window there. I don't know what the score is with getting people into the country from, you know, from New Zealand or something like that, where, mm. you know, you've maybe got the, you know, summer, again, <laughs> it's bullet club people, isn't it? Kind of thing who, who are over there. So you're just getting more of more of those people in. So, I don't. I don't, I think, for me, looking at things, something that was scaled back. I think the blocks had to be had to be smaller because if we're working with the same crew that we've that we've been seeing over the last uh, last couple of months since New Japan came back, it's it's going to be a G one, but in in name only, really, as far as I can mm-hmm. see. Yeah, and that's
1: good average uh, for the for the app. I'd probably say because I think this is going to be. I mean, there's gonna be the knobheads like us doing a podcast. We're probably gonna to have to watch all of it. But if you're watching this tournament, it's gonna to be the pick and choose tournament. It's gonna to be the what are the, like the highly rated matches of this day. It's not gonna feel like a G one because I'm a completist with the G one for the most part. I think there might be the odd match I'll skip. Maybe if you know if Gozo ends there with Yoshihashi, you might uh, you might find me uh, skipping that one. But like overall, I'll usually watch everything. But I think for a lot of people, I think this is really going to be one where it's just going to be okay, what are the recommended matches? I'm not, I suppose there's no, no, the undercards, I expect, will be smaller with them having the the split crew. So I suppose there's that and they might be easy, more digestible shows. But yeah, I don't know, you know, biased, but I think uh, Grapple's going to be a real lifesaver during that period. Um, yeah, I think it's going to be big.
3: Yeah. and And, and you know, I think obviously, you know that's that that that's positive from our perspective, but just thinking there about the habitual nature of something like g one as well. Mm-hmm. if you are as opposed to watching, you know, obviously you get some people and they'll just skip the entire undercard and they'll just watch the the block matches and um you know, just to because obviously it is a it is hard to keep up keep on track with and things like that. But if you start to drop out where you're thinking, actually, there's only, two matches here in a two-week period that are worth my time to watch kind of thing And then you've mm-hmm. just got that habitual nature of just watching it and scaling back and if people have you know fallen out with it over the the last couple of months anyway with the from a booking decision and things like that you know you almost feel like you're kind of in this element of a bit of a holding pattern with with new japan but you think oh, what are the what, what's the damage going to be further down the line you know when we're getting into you know, four months time and you get into, you know, in the lead up here to to Wrestle Kingdom and things like that. If people have scaled back and they haven't bought into the G one in the same way that they have and they've been dropping off watching the big shows as they as as an army would as well, you know, potentially that could you know, could have a real impact on their on their business overall. So uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I think it's a I think it's a bit of a bit of a worry and a bit of a bit of a concern.
1: Yeah. And like you said, like COVID's still around and cases are rising in Japan and there's that too and you know that is one uh, that's a positive thing I think that they cancelled that show uh, the Summer Struggle show where you know I think it was mm. a wrestler had a fever and they, they they took the decision to cancel the show outright uh, right before the start and uh, you know the the fans had to leave the building and they they took the right right measure there that's a positive I think it's good that they're doing that let's hope they don't have to do that too much uh, during the G1 it's, itself but yeah mammoth undertaking. him.
3: I'd be interested to see if they would have applied the same principle if, if, it, was it, actually G1. Was, if yeah. it was on. No, or, no. Even if it, if this show was due to be uh, broadcast on on New Japan World, because obviously it wasn't it wasn't making True. New Japan World at all. You know, it was just a house show essentially kind of thing. So, it'd be interesting to see if, if if they applied the same principle in a in, in a different setting. But you know, I think there's a bit more pressure, wouldn't they, to hmm. deliver on a G one or something like that. So, uh, or even this Jingu show. Sense. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah.
1: Definitely. Well, I guess we'll uh, we'll see there. Um, I mean, we'll talk a little bit more New Japan later on. We get into a bit more of what we've been watching, and before we talk uh, some AW news and uh, and their TV too. Just one note I did want to make about a sad story: their former Ring of Honor champion Xavier and um, passing away. Uh, Forty two, he was. Uh, real sad one. Don't know a huge amount of detail. Uh, surrounding um, his death, I don't know. Uh, I'm guessing. I know you guys aren't wearing big like Ring of Honor fans early on, so maybe might not be someone uh, too familiar to you guys or a lot of people who listen. But like, he was a massive part of like the early days of Ring of Honor. Like, they they built the promotion around at least initially. You know, Loki being this fighting spirit champion, and he kind of personified honor and fighting, and you know. Japanese-style, quote-unquote, wrestling. Um, and it was funny. They did a very Russo thing, I think, early on in that instead of keeping with that for, like, a good year or so and then maybe transitioning to Samoa Joe from there, um, they decided to uh, to Av Xavier, who was kind of, like, not even the top guy in the prophecy, with it, which was Chris Daniels' stable, and give him the belt. And, like, he was always, like, in the circles I was in, he was kind of maligned for that because the gimmick was he's not good enough to be champion. You know, he was this cheating in this honourable promotion that was supposed to all be about wear crate. We had this, you know, this this heel who was getting, you know, a push above his station, who shouldn't be in the position he's in, who doesn't fight with honour. Um And it, to be fair, I think that element of it actually got into people's heads, and that people, because of that, believed he wasn't a good wrestler. And that it couldn't have been further from the truth. He got a really raw deal, I thought, Xavier, in the early Ring of Honor days because of that. Um, because he shouldn't have ever been champion. But he was a very, very good wrestler. Um, and he had a couple of, you know, good matches in those early days. But he never really... Aside from that run, he kind of disappeared, and they used them like for that for like an odd show later on, where I think they were struggling for it was the one where when CM Punk came back to Ring of Honor for a one shot, and they uh, they did like a, an unscripted show where it was like a, a they were snowed in and they couldn't get off the wrestlers they wanted, so I oh, will bring Xavier back in for a one shot and kind of. That was his, that was how his Ring of Honor career kind of went. He was due to be coming back for these uh, past versus present shows, which I thought was really cool uh, to get him back in as like a, a figure from the past. But yeah, you know, he obviously had his his J P W run, and he had a couple of uh, shots as of doing WWE tapings where he was often somebody whose name was circulated as as somebody they might uh, potentially sign. But yeah, he kind of. Although he was doing stuff in the northeast through the through the mid two thousands, he, he never really got to that level like somebody as good as him could get. Um, and yeah, it was a a really really sad one to be honest. Yeah, someone who's forty two again, you know, had a relatively high profile booking coming up uh, during the the coronavirus period. And yeah, unfortunately, as a as passed so young. Um, I am right in saying, JP, maybe not someone who's you come across in your, your radar too much.
0: Not really, because I mean, I hadn't really watched any Ring of Honor during during his run. It just the way it always came across to me was it was presented yeah. as he was this guy who was effectively like a block to the people that found much other people found to the other characters that people found much more interesting in Ring of Honor. Mm. It was like the belt was on him, and it wasn't on Low Key, mm. and it wasn't on Homicide, and it wasn't on Samoa Joe. So it was like all the more interesting kind of people were kind of prevented by this guy. Mm. And I kind of remember, yeah, like you said, there was the, he was seemed like he was typical of the kind of fixture around the Northeast Indies, mm. worked sort of dark matches for WWE at the time. I, I can remember like seeing stuff about ring of honor, world champion Xavier's on here. And it's like, yeah, cause it's a really good paying gig. Mm. Like why, w- why wouldn't he be doing it? Mm. Um, just the the main shock really 42 no age at all i say that as i'm turning 42 in literally a couple of days so i'm Mm. like thinking fucking hell that's a gives you a crushing sense of your own mortality doesn't it gareth Um, (laughs) 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 um but it's yeah i mean there's a he would be someone and this is when we talk about like if ring of honor was on the wwe network and it was easy to kind of access all of these things he'd be Mm. someone who'd be worth revisiting back
1: oh yeah i'm not
0: going to be getting on a a club anytime soon so (laughs) yeah i mean that's
1: that's the thing like if you are like somebody who's kind of thinking okay you know, I've not heard this name much. I want to see kind of what he did. Um, there's a really good match with John Walters. There's a there's a low-key match that I've seen people uh, linking on Twitter as well um, that people should uh, should uh, kind of dig out. Uh, but really, it's that, it's that early Ring of Honor run where uh, Xavier did his again there were problems with the way he was used but it was his most notable stuff unfortunately there's no way to get that stuff because uh, ring of honor don't put it uh, on their on their website and there's no real other than you know if you get a hooky copy via you know someone like me or you're uh, you get yourself a dvd off ebay you can't really uh see what he did but yeah hopefully hopefully that changes because yeah that's stuff that that is the glory period of uh, of kind of my my fandom especially for ring of honor and the gory period for a, a lot of wrestlers um so yeah it'd be it'd be good to see i mean i don't want to see you know do, do we get more stuff for the network but if it took them to do it i'd take that for those old shows to be somewhere immediately uh, accessible and uh and watchable but yeah like i say if you are going to dig anything it's a, it's a fight without honor the match with uh with john walters it's uh final battle bad final battle 2003 Um, it's probably my favourite Xavier match but again, like you both said, no age to go and yeah, uh, obviously maybe there'll be more detail coming soon but no matter uh, what the circumstances are uh, behind this passing, definitely definitely a very sad one Um, but moving on I suppose we were going to talk some AWTV um, and catch up on our excitement from last week which i don't know if you guys are going to be the same as me maybe dissipated a little bit this week but but Ooh. we do get into the uh, the show itself and how it did and the ratings uh yeah there was some uh, some aw use as well um again these these have been termed it depends on who you listen to whether these are releases or i think really the contract coming due uh, is what it is uh, but yeah, Sadie Gibbs is no longer with with AEW, and Jimmy Havoc and uh, and B Priestley are both gone from AEW as well. Uh, Havoc is probably the different one of the three, where you know he was someone who came up during the uh, the Speaking Out um, movement, The name came up quite a bit. And there's been you know can't really go into individual cases here, but there's definitely been rumour and conjecture about maybe more action being taken uh, legally with Jimmy Havoc. Uh, No surprise he's gone... Uh, I don't think he ever should have been there in the first place. Uh, he's a never was, as far as I'm concerned. Um, and you know, and even if he did believe he he was something, um, he was never going to work in a mainstream TV setting. His look, his work, his general character—it it was never going to translate. I don't. It felt like one where Cody saw him once when he worked that random show in the uh, in the UK and was like, "Oh yeah, he's over. We'll 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 take him. Um, he'll get some British fans in." Um, and then he was on TV and he. Was kind of just crap, which was what we would have expected out of Jimmy Havoc. Uh, so yeah, no surprise he's gone. I would say, especially with all the stuff surrounding him. Bit surprised about B Priestley and, and maybe Sadie Gibbs. I think B gets a bit of a rough ride. I actually think she's a solid enough female wrestler, but I think maybe a big part of that is the the pandemic going on and her not being able to get into the country. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know. Were you guys shocked that uh, that this happened, or were you maybe uh, expecting it at least for uh, for Jimmy Havoc? Uh, what do you reckon, Gareth?
3: Yeah, I mean, I think obviously, I think you were sitting waiting for it to come in with havoc, weren't you? Really, Mm. obviously, it was it was what in in rehab or something like that over there uh, that that had been stated, But obviously, like you say, he's been like heavily involved in the speaking out movement. I just think that it's just no loss, is it really, when it comes to the (laughs) AEW like TV products At the end of at the end of the day, you know, like you know, I'm probably in the same boat as you. As I was absolutely gobsmacked that he was he was signed in the first place. You know, he was you know he's definitely is what would you even consider his best days were behind him and you know for for you know his best days weren't exactly the best thing going anyway but um, I think you know having been handed that opportunity to get on TV and maybe do something and you know surprise people and I just don't think you know I, I don't think the way he's you know he hasn't come across in any way like he's a star or anything like that so Cup mm. when you sort of Tick all these negative boxes against him. It's you're like, yeah, great. Get him off the TV. Not, not. Don't need him on there at all. Anyway, let's uh, let, let let's cut our losses there. <sighs> you know, I think with the other two, I mean, Sadie Gibbs again. I don't know the circumstances behind that, but she's not someone who's featured particularly either kind of thing. Obviously, say like you say the pandemic element. You know could could be playing into in, into that but again you know i sort of don't see her as, as a particular loss to the tv product at, the, at this stage from from what's been presented and the same with same with b Priestley. obviously there's, there's there's elements going on there around yeah. the, with the, the the osprey association and things like that but but again i mean you know, I think she she's someone who probably look has delivered when she's had a spot on 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 AEW. I think you know she's certainly someone who's, who's improved in over the last couple of years. But equally, again, I think there's you know I think she's she's got years ahead of her as well, kind of thing. There's it's not like she's dropping out from some immediate high profile spot that they've got within their product either. So again, so again, it almost just feels like you know not going to be missed either kind of thing really. So I don't, while it's well, it's news. It doesn't feel like big news on a global scale or an AW scale. I don't feel like your typical AW, you know, viewers going to be looking at it and th- you know, wondering where they are or anything like that. It's sort of just going to be forgotten and roll onto the next, and they can probably spend the money a bit a bit more wisely.
1: Yeah, that's it. Yeah,
3: um, do you
1: reckon, do you reckon JP, they deserve any criticism for this? Because we are, we're in the, I don't know, tail end of the pandemic. It's probably wrong, but you know, we're not in the. In the midst of the heavy start of it, as we were when WWE were releasing people, mm. but we are still in in that situation, and it's not B Priestley's fault she can can't get to America. It's not Sadie Gibbs' fault. Um, I suppose if the contracts were just coming due and it's a, it's a non renewal rather than a release, I suppose that's different. Uh, Do you give him any criticism on
0: that? Yeah, it really depends on that for me. Mm. Is this an idea that they signed a one year contract? and that this was effectively going to be the the end of that. And I suppose, and this sounds like it's horrible, because obviously we gave WWE abuse for that, but if you think of how when AEW signed up, like when they signed Havoc and, it, and Kip Sabian to a lesser degree, it was kind of because all of the best British wrestlers they could have gone for were either in WWE already, or they were going to be in New Japan or new japan affiliated so they had very very little to kind of go from
2: Mm.
0: i kind of look at it if all three not being there are not really things that i think the viewer is going to notice and i think they spent a small fortune in getting lots of people in at the beginning but they're at the point now where they've kind of got a regular crew of who's going to be on dynamite who's going to be on the pay-per-views we've not had a pack being released for example but i imagine that could be multi-year um that's for example not happening and in. Though, is it
1: like with pack like packs he's too valuable
0: yeah and also as well they have tapped into a pipeline of a lot of undiscovered talent that seem to be knocking around florida and georgia
2: hmm.
0: that's more cost effective is actually got kind of probably much more of an upside certainly to like a jimmy havoc for them to go in on themselves and to kind of create their own stars which is an important part of this it is an idea of like, well, who are they going to be creating themselves within, within this, this time period. And they've kind of made real effort using things like AW dark to kind of focus on people for that and to focus on like getting the odd kind of indie person in there as well. So it's, it's, I, it's whether or not if, if they've been released, that's during a pandemic, that's obviously terrible. I suspect it's more non-renewal because they've also done this. Have they not done this with Lindemann as well? Oh, Is yeah. Lindemann yeah. not gone and, and a couple of others. And it's going to be a case of not getting them in and not really renewing their contract. And even when they have been in, how much have they really meant? So in some ways, by losing all of them, you're just trimming down your roster, really. <laughs> And they're at the point where they kind of know the people that they want to go ahead with in the future. And they've already made a lot of sort of relatively new signings as well of people to kind of take some of those spots as well at the same time.
1: You've got to pay that Vicky
0: Guerrero wage. Is that what you're saying? Is that <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. They've, they've, in, they've invested it in, in other ways yeah. for how they're going to spend that money. Yeah, and there's got to be turnover. And to be honest, given the trend line of their ratings, you'd have to argue that it's been something that's kind of really worked for them. We'll see how far the star-making thing is, because that's going to take a couple of years before Mm. any of that really comes to fruition. But for a company that is always going to have, certainly now at this point in time, because there isn't live tickets, and the TV money they earn is good, but it's not crazy money, it's more cost effective if you're running a kind of money ball promote like promotion like tnt are they're getting much more value for money if you if you dive deep into the demos and the ratings for what they're actually getting out of aew so but they're still at the same time you know there's instability at the top of warner media you don't know if this is a product that they're going to be far behind are they going to change the whole nature of what tnt is and eventually go with new programming and there's lots of little kind of things that could happen within that tv landscape but I think they're they're quite a settled promotion. It'll go into like I mean, this week wasn't for me. It didn't really hit anywhere with me. I I don't know what it was. Just the whole kind of theme of the night wasn't something that connected with me. But at the same time, there's so much more good than bad. I feel about AEW overall. Weird, isn't it? Because like they're having
1: good week, bad week right now. Well, not bad week. Good week, average week. We're kind of getting. Yeah. It's, it's the live ones that that have been the best. It's so strange. Like I, you know, we talked last week about how we expected that. Like I expected this to, you know, again, I'm always someone who's like, ah, I'm more interested in the trend than I am the individual week. But going into the show, I was genuinely expecting them to hit something similar, like in overall viewers to, to, to last week with the 900,000 plus. Mm. And then I watched the show, and I completely. No one's going to believe me, but I, I honestly had a tweet fired up two hours before ratings come out on Thursday, about to say, that show was so drab, I bet, yeah, they're not going to are going to really disappoint people as, as far as like this narrative that AW are on this this big rise, weight and, rate and rise, and the people aren't going to believe me even more I genuinely in that tweet said my guess was 790,000 for the viewers, um, you'll just have to trust me lads. That that is genuinely what I thought and it came out 792,000 um,
0: as overall viewers <laughs> Sounds like me and a Noah result <laughs> bullshit going on here Look,
1: I, you know, I, I knew um, NXT obviously did 619,000 so they were down as well, uh, a bigger decline, 20% compared to Dynamite's 12%. But you know, Meltzer had like the quarter hours in the in the Observer, and apparently the show peaked with that uh, that you know the tag, whatever it was, uh, fellatio segment uh, that did turn into a decent decent angle with the the brainbusters and the uh, the rock and rolls, uh, and then the women's match kind of unfortunately died to death. And then people didn't really come back in big, great numbers for Orange Cassidy and Jericho, and I'm not that shocked. Like I, it felt, it just felt like a show that didn't have any momentum. And I was on here last week moaning about that piped in noise on that recorded show. <sighs> I think part of the problem it was the atmosphere. Like they were, they were relying on the crowd, the minimal fans and journalists they brought in and had them sitting at the back, and they were relying on that for the noise, and it wasn't traveling, and it made the show feel drab. And I feel like the wrestling kind of responded. Result, there were just so many awkward moments and awkward matches that just never really hit their stride. And yeah, it was just a, it was the type of show where I can absolutely imagine people watching. Like I was tempted to just turn off and go to bed. I was watching it live. Um, it was one of those types of shows, yeah, where it just felt like it lost its momentum as it gone on. And yeah, all our our high hopes uh, last week were uh, were dashed. Uh, I don't know what you thought on there on that guy
3: yeah i felt exactly the same i was i was actually thinking about the piped in crowd noise that you you brought up last week yeah, yeah. like as, as the show went a bit later on and i was like where are you? you were saying like last week or did you actually notice it and i hadn't noticed it what i noticed this week was the absence of it sort of thing and there was a couple of times where there was like a, like i remember cody Rhodes like proper just trying to get a bit of noise going in the crowd and then i think um um, I, I, I seen Jericho like doing the same as well, and like I think it was during the during like the break segments kind of oh, thing, and, and yeah. you sort of you know you, you almost felt like yeah this is translating into into the ring as well. Like there's definitely a sort of a different feel for whatever reason uh, amongst the wrestlers as well. But yeah, I, th- I think it's sort of for me. I think it, it 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 definitely felt that way throughout the matches. And then when you just look at the I don't know the the, the the ratings even that came in on the app because I didn't watch it live I watched it like the following day and things and I was I was looking at the the scores that were on there and you know at the at best you were kind of getting like three star stuff early three star things and you know few matches like fallen even lower than that so even as something there where I was looking like on paper I was thinking oh potentially that Buck's Dark Order match could you know it could be one of those that you know they've got they know each other so well that they could really like deliver with each other and you know pull something out there you know even like that Cody Scorpio Sky match I was thinking that could be something and then obviously the Jericho Orange Cassidy match you know that nearly that nearly at four stars for what they did at fighter fest i think of um like a few a few weeks or a, a month or so ago whereas again this time it, you know it didn't even hit, it hasn't even it like a three-star average on the app kind of thing as well it just felt mm. everything was just kind of tracking a bit lower than what it had done previously and you know especially for that jericho cassidy one last week we were we were all excited for that weren't we yeah. you know with And built great you know it was you know we were expecting big things out of you know orange cassidy the way he'd approach things in that you know debate last week and especially on the back of the the match that he would had previously with jericho as well but just yeah i I think it it just felt all very middle of the road to be honest across across the across the card as a whole
1: and that main event
3: especially like i
1: thought jericho just looked like a man who was Battle on a four-day hangover. He looked like someone who'd been on tour mm. and had drunk too much beer, and was just not up for it, really. And yet I noted that bit you said there. He was kind of trying to work the crowd like he was doing an indie show in front of fifty people, um, and he just seemed off his game, both in that way. And yeah, he just didn't seem himself. Like even the finish, like because they were, like you're supposed to roll forwards, aren't you? And uh, what's what's Cassidy's finish called? The uh, oh, it's like a the, it's, it's, it's like a the trap and pin them. Num- yeah, but oh, it's no, like no, the no. trapping pin the he was using. Packets. Yeah, yeah, he was going for that. And it was just like, oh, it was just not good. Like, it was just Jericho And then just, it just ended. Yeah. The big moment,
0: lost. Yeah, yeah, it was just...
1: Yeah, it just killed it, really. Um, yeah, and it, it just... The mousetrap, that's it. And it was just odd. And it it just didn't flow. And it just didn't work. And like Gary said, the J.P. I was so expecting it to work based on that angle last week and based on their previous match. I mean, they're clearly going to a third match here for for All Out. They haven't got to do much to do better than this, really. And yeah, I'm really sad I'm saying that.
0: Yeah, it just just didn't connect. And it might be one of those episodes where it just hasn't connected. And to be honest, they've done a lot more good than bad in recent weeks and compared to raw stands, it sounds like a big, a big AEW defender. I'm not on any fucking payroll. I wish I wasn't Tony Khan's payroll. I could do a few quid from him at the minute, but at the same time, it, 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 it's like compared to raw or SmackDown, it's like, it's still like kind of a cut above my initial problem came from the very start. It was tag team appreciation night that was being headlined by a singles match. And I know this is a very small thing, but like, if you're going to have a themed show, you kind of need to have an element of consistency with it. So it kind of felt like you had these kind of random bits, but really it was leading into the angle with the brain busters and the rock and rolls, but it felt a lot more disjointed Mm. than it normally did. Segments didn't kind of flow necessarily into each other. Like the MJF box segment was Mm. fine, but it was kind of like, I don't know there was physical contact, but it was, it was still kind of repetition, repetition on the same theme of yeah. him doing effectively what he did the week before. Um, it, it's going to be interesting to see what the reaction is, because I can imagine they went back and said, right, <clears throat> there's an issue with the crowd here. This hasn't kind of worked. So whether or not they're going to be A able, are they going to do stuff in the edit week. now? Oh, no. yeah, <laughs> we'll, we'll start to notice that noise next week. Whether or not they would have noticed even in between the tapings, yeah. perhaps Jericho would have gone back and gone, look, just something not connecting there. We're not, hearing this audience and whether or not you you can bring them any closer mm. because that's the problem is you can put people up in the top tier but they're not going to be able you know you're not going to get any kind of reaction from it simple thing I mentioned ring of honor earlier why not use those boards why not use those ring barriers that they always kind of use for people to bang that's a point because then at, then at least you get some noise mm. you get some kind of atmosphere. So i've seen andy andy ogden do it at carrot and I tried doing the same and I thought I was going to lose my fucking hand <laughs> as a result. That's
1: why you need um, the plexiglass like the pod people in WWE. Is that what you're, exactly. you're uh, asking for, JP?
0: Well, basically I'm asking for them to fly Jeff and Andy out to Florida. <laughs> seen, I don't know if they can get time off work, but yeah. like they would sort out a lot of these problems. A Bid lot of more these problems, for the Ogdens. Yeah, they can be solved by the Ogdens. Very, very simply. <laughs> you've got a problem with you're allowed to clap at New Japan. Here's some proper fucking clappers to show you how it's done.
1: <laughs> uh, what what I was it's gonna just... say before is like to your point about like things not really, it just not being a neat show and a well put together show. Like the Mike Chioda thing. Like I thought it was cool that they brought Mike Chioda in. Like he's a, you know, obviously a safe pair of hands as far as a ref goes. And he had a little bit of a fluff, didn't he, in the uh, when he was counting the uh, the finish and I think it was in the Cody match. But like from a quality control point of view. If you're doing a story in the main event where Jericho's got something on Mike Chioda there and it is is trying to say oh you're not going to get a job if you don't do what I say don't have him come out and referee the Cody match earlier on cuz we all know he's got a job then like that just felt like pure Cody vanity like i want him to ref my match and to be damned with like the storyline that's going on on the same night like those little things they do sometimes slip up on where it feels like maybe too many cooks and
3: it was one of those shows i think um and I- I just didn't like the way they presented that as a big like it almost came across as been a big deal as yeah, well kind of thing. I felt it felt a bit TNA or you know old TNA or but it just felt a bit like Bushley kind of thing of like yeah we've got my Kyoto kind of thing I was I was like just have him in there refereeing kind of thing. We, you know, mm. people will know who it is, recognize it. It's not like it's some massive get or something like that kind of thing. It's just a, it's just a, yes. Some, you know, somebody else wears that to me, the presentation of it was just not fitting of what it should have been like. I don't know. Mm.
0: I, I, I agree with you. If, if they were going to do this as a storyline, Why wouldn't you build it up after this match where Jericho wants an official of his choice and he chooses Mike Chioda, who refereed for him, and then you've got an element of doubt and you can play a couple of weeks and then you can see what happens on the big pay-per-view. Like, in some ways, that's a simpler thing. They seem to just dive in with a lot of Mike Chioda stuff. Mm. Really out of nowhere. And you think, right, I'm not really prepared for this overload of Mike Chioda. (laughs) Though I liked as a referee, I never thought of him as being a draw. I'll be honest with you, and maybe this week kind of proved it. That, <laughs> He's no nowhere, Hebner. That, well, at eighteen to thirty-four, they're just not down with Mike Chioda. Oh, <laughs> Hebner, yeah, they're there. Nick Patrick, obviously, but no, they're gonna they're gonna deflect it from this. But yeah, I, I thought there's there's much simpler ways you could do it, but you they kind of overloaded it at a bit at a time when they've been very careful to just do that one segment a week involving kind of Jericho and orange Cassidy. And it would, you know, and it's, it's the slow build. It's the stuff that we've been heavily praising of, of kind of rewarding you for the kind of incremental. Hmm. So then when you have an episode where basically they're throwing a lot of plot exposition at you, you're like, whoa, slow down here. Yeah. Like work on your characters. Cause that's the stuff that's getting you appealing. Hmm. You don't need to go full overboard with kind of, what is a very obvious angle to do
3: yeah. yeah and and i think like you say like we've been you know we've been heaping a lot of praise on it and that long term mm. sort of detailed storytelling and just even things through from obviously that you know the tag team appreciation night that all just felt very small scale and through together it just oh, was sort of almost like an afterthought long. it was a bit it was a bit it was a bit weird just these little i don't know so and so speak and reference a tag team for yeah. 10 seconds and kind of show some old pwi photos that they've got <laughs> that they have you know not from wwe or something like that that they can they can use it all just felt like a odd afterthought and that segment wasn't good i didn't think with the you know when the you know they had ftr and the the, the books and Anne and tully and the rock and rolls i don't know that just didn't hit with me and then there was just other like weird things like that lance archer jake roberts thing i just thought where on it like unless i because i've not saying dark. I was thinking, this is bizarre. Like, Jake Roberts is now just looks so, like some sort of fat, subservient man who's got, like, everybody dies painted on him and he's been forced to take his yeah. shirt off to reveal it. I was like, what? Like what? I thought he was the evil mastermind behind Lance Archer and he just looked pathetic, I thought. Like, it was yeah. just, and it just seemed to come from nowhere. I don't, like, I, I just found that very, very odd as well. And obviously, you've mentioned the you know, the finish to the Jericho Orange Casting match. That was just like I've I've just written down odd for that as well. There was just a lot about this mm-hmm. show that just felt a bit bit weird, a bit odd and just out of place, especially for what we've seen in the last, you know, month, two months, three months where the you know, where where things have sort of logically progressed and yeah. been well thought out and well written. Tonight just did feel a little bit or oh, sorry, last week did just feel a bit sort of, yeah, shit against the wall and just some random ideas from mm-hmm. nowhere.
1: I think I mean one counterpoint I'd maybe make is the 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 Well what is it is it's a horseman angle, isn't it? The horseman angle. Like I I, I agree with it. I thought like the like the, now it's Matt Jackson's turn to speak or Nick Jackson, whichever the two it was, and it goes on about oh they're the best tag team in the world. Um and it was like they were all going in turns doing the same speech and it was very low rent. Like it wasn't it wasn't like there was a podium or it was like set up in any way. It was just like they were all stalling for time and it felt like it went on forever but the one positive i would say maybe from that was i did think they did a good job of doing the angle at the very end where it felt like mm-hmm. tully blanchard was pulling the strings but not pulling the strings like there were little bits in there little easter eggs in there where you know he left at the right time he was distracting the young bucks that allowed uh, fdr to uh to hit the uh, the spike power driver um and there was a you know there's something that that's the slow burn stuff I like. You know, I think there's mm. clearly a horseman stable forming. Um ten man being in it isn't really my uh, my choice, but I think that's the direction we're going. And I think Arn's mm-hmm. gonna get turned on and Tully's gonna be the mastermind behind it I did enjoy that. Um but again, like it came after ten to fifteen minutes of shite where how the young books are baby faces, I will never know. Um they were awful in that segment. Like put it was their worst BTE tendencies about how great we are and how much merch we sell. That you know it works for a certain audience, but you probably don't want to put that on your national TV product. Um but I did think there was maybe that little positive there.
0: Yeah It's funny when you mention that kind of horseman stable thing, that's one of the more intriguing elements because there's so many different directions they could go in. And you mentioned BTE. One of the things they've been doing is having FTR tell Adam Page that he really reminds him of Barry Wyndham. And then the others don't know who Barry Wyndham is. They're (laughs) like, oh, is he any good? And like, I like that because obviously it's them poking fun necessarily at the angle, but I like that kind of a reference because it was clearly the idea of you have all the potential in the world, which Wyndham did at that point in time. So it does make you like, there's so many good possibilities. The idea of a kind of full blown heel Cody acting, doing his best kind of Ric Flair even has, as an appeal for me, Mm. but like that's, that the stuff we're talking about for that storyline to really work and have serious substance to it, you're talking like a good six months. The very earliest before really doing anything on there, you've kind of got to build up, like, and it's where it goes into to kind of all out as well, and 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 like this. I think there's a, a little bit more pressure riding on that show than perhaps maybe we kind of give it credit for, because there's a lot of people who potentially are looking to get elevated that night, mm. not, not least MJF. So there's a lot more kind of riding on it for kind of trying to see the kind of future directions as well. I mean, I think even because are they going to be for the tags? It looks like they're going to do, what, a three-way tag for the titles, which I'd love to see as being an elimination one, but I'm not fans of those because at the same time, the match you want to see is FTR versus the Bucks, but it seems to me they want to hold off that specific one until they can get a good crowd in for it. Um, So I don't know. It'll be fascinating, though, with the tapings. I look forward to Rowan coming in. So yeah I, I, I think that was proven a false rumor because that that's the thing apparently um
1: the day diner a of
0: the show step step yeah, Chase and he was doing an interview with live yeah. with
1: her from yeah. his own home you know Eric Redbeard so I feel it's unlikely he really turned up at Dynamite I think they're not that stupid they're bringing in mm. a lot of a few WWE mid-carders but even if they brought him in they're not bringing him in to f- with Brody Lee. I, I can't see that. I think they're smarter than that. Uh, we'll see though. Uh, but yeah, the next show's on a Saturday, isn't it? There's no Wednesday show this week. It's. That'll be interesting mm. from a viewership point of view, who follows them over, how much the lead-in by the NBA helps them out. Mm. Um, they haven't really stacked the show, um, just a few fun matches on it, rather than anything particularly uh, noteworthy. They haven't like saved a uh, Jericho or Cassidy or anything for it. We'll uh, go through that a little bit more later on. But yeah, interesting to see them uh, moved and uh,
0: whether that helps or, or hurts too. Um, but yeah. It completely depends, isn't it? Because it depends on... Because now we're in playoff season, though, for the mm-hmm. NBA. So we're, we're at a point where the games have meaning and have substance to them. If you're hoping that people are going to be regularly tuning into TNT at this point in time to watch a lot of these games, is there going to be lots of adverts for AEW on there as well? Because that's going to be the kind of casual stuff. Because, um, I, I mean, it's, it's interesting like seeing still I mean we, we've spoken about a week of TV that's not connected with any of us but generally the trend lines are good they you know I've mentioned about the relationship with TNT this is going to be for me this is where it gets interesting a TNT going to use what is going to be their hop, hottest property over the next few weeks in the NBA to use that I'm not asking they're going to get LeBron James to do some sort of promo oh, for AEW fuck me if you did then you're on the team with ddp yeah (laughs) yeah harden whoever everyone like just like but but that's going to be an interesting trend obviously nba does draw quite a young demographic anyway Mm. so that's going to be interesting to see if some of that transfers across i think he's on reasonably early as well so i think he might be on like 6 p.m eastern or something like that so so it's it's on like a couple of hours earlier than it would be, mm. if nothing else. As long as TNT aren't sort of have got some massive expectation of them on that night, I think it's kind of an interesting experiment, if for nothing else, to see what might happen with another night of the week with AEW if they ever get that second show off the ground. Mm. Good Do, test.
3: Uh, are they going head to head with Takeover? An does, hour does a, does a of crossover? Takeover,
0: I think. Uh, the second an hour. hour, yeah. yeah. So
1: we've got the lead in too, you know. Uh, could, yeah. could, could be a positive rather than a negative. Um,
0: and like you said, what's on that takeover out of curiosity? Oh, Sorry, we'll get to that. that. Don't worry. There's uh, oh, okay. <laughs> you're going to be excited. I need JP. you to legitimately tell me, mate. <laughs> I'm not. A
1: fucking... But the other thing I was going to say is like that that Wednesday Thursday they're do like double shot. They're doing in a couple of weeks as well, where they're doing a one hour show late on Wednesday and then a two hour show on Thursday. So. TNT experiment a little bit, see what works. You never know. You know, it might uh, might make sense. Um, I mean, before we get into that big weekend, I was just going to say, is there anything other than AW, Anything else uh, you guys have been uh, been watching this week? Briefly, I know it's not been a, a huge week for uh, for things to watch, but uh, I know. Did you catch up with New Japan Strong JP? And I think you did some uh, some Impact, Gareth.
0: Yeah, I watched New Japan Strong. I, I I didn't get back. I haven't got back to to Impact. I've gone through my habitual, oh, you burnt me off again with some shites. I don't know if I'll bother with this, (laughs) but I did watch, I did watch new Japan strong, Mm. which, um, uh, I enjoyed, I mean, I'll say it again, not as much as I suppose I've enjoyed the, um, uh, what do you call it? Lion's break collision, Mm. but it was fine. I mean, I would say if anything, there's two matches really to keep an eye on. One is the, um, six-man tag um pj black mysterioso blake christian versus alex zane ach and tjp
1: yeah
0: i did i mean it was i mean we were talking about it um but before we actually started recording i I enjoyed it more than what you did gareth but (laughs) i think there's an element of well of realizing that for ach it looks like it's a Good place for him to be. Mm. Um, I've got fond memories of when he was working in the juniors, and I think he's the kind of completely steady, solid hand that you can get some like you can get some good stuff out out of ACH. So I think he'd be he'd definitely a good person. It's also well, and really it is it's the Alex Zane, Blake Christian stuff. How bonkers is it going to be? How are they going to fit in? Where they're going to have to tone this down somewhat? Uh, I mean, I'm probably higher than most at three and a half because I actually thought in seven minutes 50, there was a lot that kind of stood out to me of people in the match of generally how good they all are and figuring that, I mean, even this might be the best match that I've ever seen PJ Black involved in, Mm. which is not a high bar. (laughs) I was going to say. Okay, yeah. But there's people like Mysterioso. You wonder, like, he seems pretty he seems pretty decent and it seems like this is basically going to be their undercard on their new Japan um, of USA tours mm-hmm. whenever they get started up. So I, I enjoyed that match for kind of what it was. Lots of sort of flippy stuff. Alex Zane has the feeling of someone who in front of that kind of live audience at Kuroko could really get himself over. Mm-hmm. And it's like, he's in a very good position. I think they've got deals with the ring of honor. Have they both of them? But also, they're working GCW, right. which is what they should be doing. So, they're kind of keeping themselves out there. So, I enjoyed that match. And then the other one was the um, Kent or Jeff Cobb, mm. which was better than the week before when he was up against Tangaloa. Kent was very, very much being Kent. It's not reinventing the wheel this match, but I thought it was perfectly decent. There was a few um, good spots um, from Jeff Cobb as well, I thought, at times and yeah I, I i sort of just generally enjoyed it um to be honest with you and it, and it kind of it's just setting up what i imagine they want to go to at some point which is to john moxley um other than that david finley tamatonga was just it was just like water it was just honestly it just sort of passed in front of your eyes mm. you wouldn't be missing anything necessarily the Young Lions match to the Young Lions match and they still have that ad mad advert halfway through where they're selling the Japanese cleaning product <laughs> and then it cuts to Rocky Romero buying stuff on the New Japan shop which I'd just be saying mate go in the fucking back I'm sure in the warehouse they've got some gear there if you really want it <laughs> should be spending his own money at this stage <laughs> digress so was it just the one match of that you saw Gareth?
3: yeah I, I just like i went on the app basically and i just looked to see what was coming out of there and like jp saying he gave that six-man tag you know 3.5 and it's it's averaging out on the app at you know 3.54 sort of thing there so it's you know it's it's a obviously you know a good match that you know people have people have been in enjoying i mean for me it probably was just a bit too
2: mm.
3: a bit too flippy kind of you know i i've I haven't put my rating in yet, but I'll, it'll be like a three for me, sort of thing. So it's not like it's a it's a bad match. It's just it's not not my cup of tea. I, you know, totally. It was he just hits a lot of the slow sound and stuff. Uh,
1: absolutely,
3: <laughs> absolutely. Work <laughs> a hold, mate. Absolutely, grab a headlock. You know, and just. Uh, <laughs> but I think there with a uh, Blake Christian in there and uh, Alex Zayn, and I think you'll like it, Benno. So yeah, I think it's a, it's uh, definitely up your street. I think with uh with that one. So um, well, so yeah. Lovely. So you know that was the only one. I know one I checked. You know, I checked out on that, but yeah, like you say, it's uh, it's it's impact that I've been uh, I've been spending my time catching <laughs> up on, despite uh, despite <laughs> Jake despite JP and uh, Steph uh, absolutely burying it two weeks ago. Um, you know, I made that commitment after Slamiversary where I said, no, I'm just, you know, there's enough there. There's enough intrigue. I'm going to give it, mm. I'm going to give them a month. I'm going to give them two months kind of uh, grace here just to see what they come up with on the back of that because I did enjoy that, that show much. And while there is a lot of shit in there, like that whole... Wrestle House stuff, you know. There's there's some awful stuff going on in there with that reality real, like reality TV. Are statue. they still doing they're, it? That's still going, and they're still doing them like random. Suddenly, like having a one minute match in the forest kind of thing. You know, that's a, all terrible. I, I, I will say, I didn't. I have enjoyed Johnny Swinger on that. Like, I think he's comedy gold with some of his uh, just his playing that whole you know wrestler from the eighties territory era or seventies eighties territory wrestler kind of thing. Throwing in some great. You know, one liners there talking about like when he was doing things with Lord Littlebrook or with Babason and all things like that. You know, just getting his little, uh, getting his little stories and references in there and things. I think that's been that's been good. But the the matches and things that they've they've put around that have been awful. But I think what they've done that's been good that has worked is. Um, I think they've moved. You know, they've they've moved on from that good Diana Perazzo Jordan Grace match, and they've mm. they've worked that quite well in terms of getting that to the next step. And at the the next, they've got another show next week. Emergence that they're they're doing like a thirty minute Iron Woman match between Perazzo and Jordan Grace again. There, which, right. which which you know is based on what they did last time. You know, I remember saying. You know, really high praise on that. I absolutely, you know, I love that. So I'm certainly intrigued with that one. I think that's something that's that's going well, obviously. And they stuck the belts on the Motor City Machine Guns, and there's you know been some good promos there with the North as they're coming back for their rematch on that one again. So you know that looks like something that's that's going to work well. They did a decent dish, little angle with Rich Swan where he was doing his you know retirement speech, and then he was attacked by Eric Young, which you know again from. Not having, having huge enthusiasm about Eric Young or, or Rich Swan, particularly, you know, it's at least perked that up a little bit there. And there's just a few like little underlying story storylines that are going on around there with like Chris Bay and TJP going to you know be having a match over the X Division title and things like that. So they've got a. That'll probably got, be very good, to be honest. Yeah, they've got a few things there that you know for the for the next shows coming up. I, you kind of get the feeling like okay that you know these the, these are going to be good. So it's almost like. If you you know you fish through the dross a little bit and you're kind of uh, kind of efficient with the fast forward button, you know there's definitely bits to to pick up there. I think certainly there's been no evidence of the good brothers being worth any money <laughs> so far <laughs> from what's gone into their sure. pockets as you've spent a lot of time there uh, talking about that a couple of weeks ago jp but the the stuff they're doing there with ace austin and madman Fulton, it's yeah it's it's like yeah whatever and, you know they've got heath slater in there doing the whole kids gimmick thing again and you're like come on you know like can you not be a bit more creative than you know leaning on that uh, you know doing the whole you know RVD stuff as well. He's going to be feuding with Sammy Callahan, which, um, oh, God, uh, again, you know, and, and are they
0: doing the Katie Forbes stuff, so
3: Absolutely, yeah, uh, that's oh, that's still dragging man. on. They did an awful little segment there that was a it was like an interview segment that ended up with Sammy Callahan suddenly appeared magically out of nowhere, and then him and RVZ went at it and. I he's really looking like the years have caught up with him. You know, he, he just looked like some kind of hobo sat there or something like that. But, so, again, that's one that I'm... I think it's that one
0: night with Benno he had it for love of wrestling. <laughs> Seems to have wrecked him. A few many he never pints. quite recovered from that trip, did he? <laughs> A few wrestlers didn't quite recover from that trip, JP. Well, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I mean, even, even Marty Gennetti said to you, look, I've had enough of this, lads. I can't keep up with you. Too much. <laughs> Even for me. <laughs> I'm off to the river, nobody follows me, alright. Uh, Marty check the Mersey for bodies, uh, you never know. I'm <laughs> surprised he hasn't turned up in TNA at some point. That seems like some That's a point right? actually, yeah, yeah. The yeah. I'm sure he must
1: did he not do like an early show or something? I'm sure he would have. He must have. Interesting. I don't you I've... can look that up, JP. <laughs> yeah, I, sure I will in the meantime. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, they not enough there, they' gotta for you to be saying, uh, "Watch Impact every week again," or just like you say, just uh, pick and I choose. I think
3: I'll, I'll stick with it. I'll see how this is this is going. I think this this emergent show looks like it's it's got it's going to have like you know at least three matches on there that you know certainly feel like they're going to be. You know, decent, you know, decent watches that have had some element of a decent build around them as well. So, yeah, yeah, don't uh, don't give up as hastily as JP, I would say. <laughs> Calls himself the TNA fan and is uh, <laughs> ditching them at the first turn.
0: Exactly. I'm very, very fickle in that regard. I, I, I do like the North, although I did hear one of the things isn't um, Ethan Page's contract up at the end of the year. I know Josh oh. Alexander's isn't. So which seems like a very TNA thing to do. Have a <laughs> tag team, put them on completely different contracts but whatever um I, I, that would happen to me on
3: ewr that <laughs> what what yeah,
0: what worries me about it though is what are they doing in terms of the world title then for this show are they doing anything for that is it are they doing ec3 moose because they seem to be building towards that last time and i thought oh christ i'm not yeah. really <laughs> enthused by that
3: yeah, they're they're working towards that, but obviously that's that's with the the TNA belt. But they uh, that that's the one thing actually I've written here that I didn't mention there in my notes was like what about the world title? Because like Eddie Edwards is just doing these, you know, he's doing these. You know, weekly challenges kind of thing, and it's whoever shows up and has his matches with him. So it was like Sam McAllen the week before, and yeah, it was a decent enough TV match. But it, but you know, it's it's obviously been done before. It was used more of a setup really with the the RVD stuff as well. And then this week, um, I haven't got that. Far. I've still got the main event of this week to watch actually but it's Kurt um, Hawkins that he, he takes on this week which is like mm. great kind of thing but there's you know you know, so I, I haven't seen what happens there for the end of that but that was just the one thing that it just felt like actually you've got all this good stuff brewing around um, the that- you know the tag division, the women's uh, women's division, potentially there with the X division as well. But it just felt like they just needed something a bit mm. meatier with the world title there, really. So uh, I'm not, not you know, unless they've got something up the sleeve there for somebody else that they're going to bring in for another open challenge or something like that. Freddie Edwards at the at, the, at this big show, I'd, mm. I don't know, but um, but yeah, it's uh, that that's probably the one area that it is uh, it it is strongly strongly lacking.
2: Mm.
1: I was going to say, JP, mm-hmm. I don't know if you... Did you research, bring up any Marty Giannetti stuff? Because I've got his cage oh. match up here and I can't spot him. Don't think he's done Impact.
0: No, I haven't. He's done some gigs for, for NWA. Yeah, um, like I he's wrestled. He's wrestled Joey Janela twice. Yeah, I was oh, going to... S- 2017 and 2018. Once the spring break. Yeah. Yeah, for GCW. And then the other one for, um, is it Absolute Intense Wrestling, AIW. The JT Lightning Invitational Tournament. Amazing. His last matches were in 2018. Oh, what a shame. Um, he worked, how many times? Yeah, one. He worked for the Collective League of Adrenaline Strength and Honour, the <laughs> Clash promotion. I've never heard of this. Where he defeated, Marty Jannetty defeated Dr. Wrecking Ball. At Clash <laughs> seized the day eleven. Which, yeah. looking at that, um, I'm looking on here of who do I know. Oh, Petey Williams is on it. Um, they gave him a fucking singles match. You know? Ace Austin is on it in go. a tag team match in like, the bloody opener. Yeah, Giannetti's on that as well. I mean, it, it's, it'd be a big deep dive looking at Marty <laughs> Giannetti's career on here. My favourite. Have you seen his last one? match? Which one?
1: Uh, Giannetti's last match in June 2018 for... Uh, B-O-T-B-7, Legends and All-Stars. Well, this is on cage match. It's Team Ginetti versus Team Gonzalez. And it's so low rent, they don't even know the names of Genetti's partners on cage match. It's Team Giannetti, oh. which is Hooks, Marty Giannetti, question mark and question mark, beat Team Gonzalez, which was question mark, question mark, question mark, and Eddie Gonzalez in Harrison, Ohio. What a way to go out.
0: Wow. <laughs> it's, it's quite an incredible... God. The opening match is the Hippie Connection defeats the Meat and Taters at the uh, BoTB <laughs> Seven Large and All Stars. Ah, oh, Chase Owens, Ricky Morton oh. is on here. Uh, Eric in that match, versus bro. Buddy the Bulldog. Um, <laughs> there's yeah, Johnny Knockout defeats Rob, Rob Conway. Conway in the main event. Fucking hell. <laughs> well, that's I don't think we missed
3: down. much with this, did we? <laughs> no, I, I, I'm just looking further back there. and match here in 2016 for APW as a uh, tag partner's drugs bunny, which uh, sounds, uh, <laughs> <laughs> sounds about right. <laughs>
0: It's not a metaphor for his life. <laughs> oh, oh mate, I'm sure he worked the fucking loop many times together, them two, didn't they? <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's worse no, than man. that big lad in the Wrestler who starts giving Randy the Ramish shit. Oh. And then I think, did he die in real life? Oh, that know. could be temp- potentially slanderous. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but yeah, it's a sad one that Marty Jesse's last match. Or maybe not a sad one if he's as nuts as we all think he is. But yeah, it's funny that his career, like. Considering he spanned, what, WWF, WCW, stopped off in ECW, All Japan. AWA. AWA, and then he winds up at BOTB7, Legends and All-Stars. Battle on the border in Ohio. Oh, uh, wow. What a shame. Um, well, while we're talking retro stuff, anyway, uh, before we uh, do get into the weekend preview, I was going to mention something I watched this week. A completely a retro one, but uh, Brett... Brett Austin, WrestleMania 13, the match, um, the uh, the famous uh, heel-baby-face double-turn between the two of them. Watched it purely because I, I was out with my mate Carl, who comes up on this podcast quite a bit on Saturday. He kept asking me where you were, Gareth. He wanted to hang out with you more than me. You're a fearsome double-act, you two. Which uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
3: believe that, uh,
1: that 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 um, graps and claps episode where it was grapple Gareth and grapple Colin as a as a double act as a, is one worth picking out for that uh, that Ted Sujan review. Um, but yeah, he made me watch There,
3: there is no grapple Colin. <laughs> wow. I'll just, just reiterate that as I did on graps and claps. Wow. Grapple Colin doesn't just, just <laughs> Colin.
1: Uh, I've got an email address just at gmail that comes Is that okay? Am I allowed? You can have that. Thanks, mate. I appreciate it. JP, get yourself on as well. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm not getting any of this. Shit. But it was uh, it was his recommendation because he's a Cornette fan. Like I, I listen to Cornett sometimes. Like I can find them entertaining, even if I find them unbearable at other times as well, and downright mm-hmm. awful uh, at other times. But he done alternate commentary for Brett and Austin, and I know you both have watched it now, uh, based on me probably bringing it up in our, our group chat. It's so fucking good. Like, it really is. Like, it's quite funny at the start to, like, you know, cue this up on the, on cue the match up on the network and play the podcast here. And you can get the podcast on YouTube and just kind of sync the two up. And, the, and Brian last like, yeah. And if you're watching it on, like, a hooky copy, uh, then, which I'm sure maybe you did, JP, you can uh, just, basically, at this oh. shot, this is where you press and play. Um, and we, we kind of got fucked as we, we actually, I'll admit, we watched it on Daily Motion in the end and uh, we kept getting the, the ad break kept coming up on Daily Motion and kept knocking the audio yeah. out of sync. So that's, is uh, that happened to you as well, JP? That's a tip for was you. Was it all about
0: PPE going for eye tests?
1: Well, I had that blocker on, so I was just getting black screen, so you did better than me
0: oh right okay <laughs> it yeah. probably says something about the wholesome nature of my pc though as well thank god <laughs> that that's yeah. the worst thing that comes up <laughs> yeah. it's the same advert twice and i was like all right i don't need a fucking eye test and yeah. i get that you got ppe good <laughs> Right now shut up and, so, like because i've had to pause it rewind it back yeah i, I get to, to sync up we should just, I mean, really, yeah, but we should be paying our nine
1: ninety nine a month, JP. So maybe that's the no, ideal way. We to... <laughs> shouldn't. Fuck them. They don't deserve any more money. Well, with what's coming up this weekend, you know. Um, but yeah, I think that's the. Uh, it's probably the ideal viewing experience to do it that way. But you know, I got through it, and yeah, it's so good. Cornette is just, you know, he's talking about like the spots. He's talking about like. A big thing for me was when he talked about the layout of the match, where he's talking about how, you know, there were clearly certain points in the match they wanted to get to and certain spots they had planned, but everything between the spots was kind of, you know, feeling the audience and and working on the night and working what worked. Um, and, 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 like, his point was, you know, you can't tell what's what. And you can't. Like, it, it is. It flows perfectly as a match. He, he kind of breaks down how you know brett's aggression as a baby face turns into him pretty much being the heel in the match and how you know it's austin's selling if anything that gets him over mm-hmm. um selling and his neck wobble and his just general kind of there's something really sympathetic about austin in the match and then obviously you get the point where brett blades austin and corner who who's one who talks about uh, the business being exposed goes into quite a bit of detail about how brett gigged austin uh, and that Cornette's the biggest fucking rent a mouth in wrestling. He was like the king of the shoot interview in the mid 2000s. Like, it's a, uh, yeah, him, him saying anyone else is uh, exposing the business is, uh, yeah, is, is rich. But it's really interesting here and break it down. And yeah, it's a work of art still. Uh, it's still a five star match. I gave it five stars on grapple. I, did, mm-hmm. I didn't realize I hadn't done it before. Um, I logged in and gave it that. Meltzover four point seven 4.75, but we'll let him off. Um, yeah, perfect for what it was. Like not your not your athletic five star match you might get today, but as far as storytelling and work and what they plan to do with the match, um yeah, this is one of the greatest matches of all time. And yeah, I'm assuming you two uh, your minds weren't changed on that rewatching it too.
0: Oh, I thought it was shit on rewatch. <laughs> Nasty overrated. Right, Gareth, what oh, did you think? No. <laughs> it's it's fucking brilliant yeah um and I mean the thing is this is where if you categorize people who work within sort of wrestling media, this is kind of the stuff that Cornet does. I always find it funny that you're allowed to expose the business as long as the business you exposed happened in nineteen nineties in the in the mid to late nineties. Yeah. you just can't be exposing it at any point past twenty ten mm. you're just not allowed to, and he's going like any. He does the bit where he sort of becomes like wrestling's Ben Shapiro by sort of saying stuff really quickly, but it isn't actually kind of making too much sense. So he'll he'll talk brilliant stuff about like the shine that you that, that um and the reversals of the roles in the match. And they're going, this is brilliant stuff. And then he'll go like, and it's not like two fucking guys who are like, you know, looking like a couple of fucking high schoolers doing spots, and it's like, no, mate, because this is the main event. A fucking survivors are uh, like one of the two main events of wrestlemania it's a slightly bigger tempo in there you know you, you know what i mean He's just like he doesn't kind of get like it'd be like criticizing everything for not being wwf at that point in time but overall like the match itself is like i think the thing i've forgotten about it is it's just the sheer relentless pace mm. because it is like, and it's the bit that Cornet says about them not not do, the point. I think he says about them not doing it. There's a point where Austin has uh, is he did he does a side Russian leg sweep into kind of trapping him, Zack Saber Junior style with um like with his legs around his neck and his arms and Brett selling it brilliantly. But the way that they're selling it the whole time is very much like, and he says it. It's just the heel face dynamic. Has kind of gone to one extent because it's just like a fight, and hence the wild stuff at the beginning. Whilst at the same time, there's a very clear heel face dynamic, and it just so happens the heel is doing all the things that you'd expect the baby face to. It's just that people haven't quite got to that place, and they get through it during the match. And it is—I don't know. I mean, you kind of think of it in terms of creating stars. And, and they say it themselves, the company went public on the back of Steve Austin. That's yeah. how much they truly owe him. Hogan got them to the kind of big time mainstream, mm. but Austin got them to be traded publicly, which financially was, you know, worth so much more. And it kind of never meant that they were, they had financial, they're not unlikely to have financial troubles again, unless the TV deals get canceled. Fingers crossed. <laughs> um, so yeah, it, it's, it's It's brilliant, and it is well worth watching back with this, like I say, when he goes a bit, Ben Shapiro and just starts talking quickly, just skip over those bits
3: mm. yeah, stars, i I enjoyed it any any opportunity to watch that match again, is like yeah, one that I'll take, you know it's 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 one of the matches that probably do just end up watching like you know, at least two or three times a year, you know, it's a bit of one of the, a bit of just a go to thing to throw on. So it was quite it was quite interesting just hearing him put a different slant on it and things like that. I think like you say, JP, it was just the other stuff where, you know, it was where he was getting into his things like, Oh, look at that, isn't it mad to see somebody selling? You don't see somebody you don't see people selling anymore and things and you're just mm. like, fuck off, you know, like it, do we even watch wrestling anymore and you know Look at these fucking like, man
0: was, smiling. No why fucking smiling the fucking <laughs> crap uh, and he's like, What are you on about, mate?
3: <laughs> I wouldn't be doing that if it was a real fight they wouldn't be standing there smiling and things, and you are just like, "Oh shut up, you know kind of thing so there was that there was that side of it I was you know uh, that th- was doomed and I thought one something that I was thinking about oh, I, I probably always think about this when I watch this match is just that whole double turn and everything's always like, oh, it was so greatly executed it was you know it was the only example of that double turn on one night happening and it was executed perfectly and things and like is that slightly revisionist? Like, do do? You, yeah. Is it just me that is this? Austin's is this not just a full face
1: me? at the end, is he? It, no.
3: Is it, uh, is, it, is is this? It's sort of like it's WWE kind of, you know, you pay, you know, whatever, putting their own slant on things because, like, like I remember Austin winning by cheating at the end of that Royal Rumble where he cheated Brett out of it before there, and the crap like there's. There was yeah. plenty of people in that crowd going mad for Austin winning that Rumble. Austin three sixteen T shirts everywhere, kind of thing. And like, obviously, it was you know you're, you're knocking on for a year after Austin three sixteen with the King of the Ring thing. At this point, you know, God, I as I think back to that, I just think of him as being the most popular guy in the country, in the company, in the in the oh, run up to in, in the run up to this match. And and even still, for me, it, like as I watched this again, I was thinking it actually took the spot with Shamrock afterwards to get brett over as the heel mm. the fans were still cheering brett after the end result and he was going up to the corners and things like that it was you know the crowd was still with him it was only when he he sort of attacked austin after the bell and like he had the, the that spot with shamrock that he started to you know get a few boos and th- you know you know things like that which obviously it's part of the match and it's part of the part of the turn but i don't know i feel like people were sort of slightly getting a bit stale on Brett in the run-up to this match as well. In fact, you know, some of the cross signs in the crowd and some of the reaction to him when he was, he was coming out. So I, I just think that's one of the, the things for me that always jumps out. As much as I love this match and as much as it's a five-star thing, I always just think that eh, all you ever hear about people is, oh, the perfect, the, you know, the perfect double turn. It had never happened before. It's never happened again and all this. And I don't know, it's, it feels slightly revisionist to me.
1: Yeah, I, I think there's a there's a there's a shift in the match, but it's not like at the end, Brett's the biggest heel in the company, and Austin's the biggest face. Like Austin's still, you know, stubborn in the ref, and not willing to like, you know, be helped to the back. And I think it, it puts them on that clear path. But you're right. Like, yeah, I remember distinctly that '97 Rumble and sitting mm. in my bedroom and cheering for Austin, even though he was the heel. um but then again, you know, while well, it took them eight months to get there to, to finally look at, at making him the babyface, today they just wouldn't do it at all. <laughs> like, they made it, they dragged their feet for three years and then eventually turn him babyface to no heat, wouldn't they? Um, at least they listened, I suppose, <laughs> to that Brett stuff. And you're right, there was a vocal kind of, you know, minority creeping out to Boo booing Brett or even brewing, um, like, Shawn Michaels at the, uh, the New York SummerSlam the year before. Um, there was a clear change coming, wasn't there? I think they just maybe were aligning things a little bit differently but i think corner says that as well like yeah you don't austin doesn't walk out the story's not finished there's still more to come but it kind of maybe set them on that path um of where things needed to be like going forward um did you give it five gareth did you go the full five
3: oh uh, yeah, yeah i always yeah, five five for me like i absolutely you know two of my all-time favorites just putting on a match like that and just thinking how good that match can be for just like a 22-minute match as well sort of thing you know Mm -hmm. it's it's what what they what they get in there is outstanding it's actually it's the highest rated WWE match ever on grapple um so it's it's got like an average of 4.87 with Like nearly 600 people rating that, you know, so it's sort of a very clear winner, and I'm happy to see it above Undertaker, Shawn Michaels at WrestleMania 25. It's just like a 0.01 above it, but just Mm. just a little, uh, you know, clarification there that Brett is better than Shawn.
0: (laughs) You know what? I'll be bringing down the rating when I put my three and a half in in a little bit. It's fine, but it's no take. Sid. So, uh,
1: <laughs> that's the real main event of the night. That's right. Yeah. that went on. Last... I mean,
0: that's the real WrestleMania 13. Main event. <laughs> no, I mean it's 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 five stars. I I have to kind of echo that as well. I mean, I think it's there's a point that Cornet raises when he's going like about people shouldn't worship Shawn Michaels and they should sort of worship um, and they should they should revere Bret Hart. And I probably feel that Bret Hart probably isn't revered enough in a way because it just seems to me if you want to know how to work a main event style like he's he's brilliant and it's the things by saying like the fact that his mouth is open that he looks like he's gassed and he's not actually gassed at all and i think the thing you forget and it was like familiarity at the time when you're younger um where you're just seeing him have these matches you know he's good but you don't quite know why he's good because you don't really understand how it's kind of constructed and put together And now you go back and look at it and you think, Jesus Christ, like he's amazing. And even as like his weakest department, his promo and stuff, it was always delivered in such a kind of heartfelt way that if nothing else, it always kind of felt genuine. There was always that to kind of throw your hat on and that he wasn't meant to be that kind of guy because he wasn't that type of hero. And and like you, I, I mean, at the moment Austin turned King of the Ring, I was like, yeah, I'm I'm kind of with this. By Survivor Series, I was like, I love Bret Hart, but it was like, no, I'm liking Austin more. He had more of an appeal. Um, I'll always remember the moment over here, the, the moment he was on Sky Sports News with him and Tyson. Hmm. That was always the moment I remember it hitting kind of real mainstream press over here as well about sort of WWF at that point in time as well. So, yeah, I mean for listeners you don't need an excuse to go back and watch this it's great do you need to give them money nah fuck them they've had the biggest highest profitable quarter they've ever had fuck them fuck them <laughs> in the ear. don't give them any money <laughs>
1: <laughs> well on that note uh you might need to find other means then for this weekend because yeah coming up there is a there's a big weekend going on on the to be network you know lads there's a there's a takeover it's summer slam weekend GCW are running, Beyond are running, Black Label Pro are running. Feels like WrestleMania weekend, no, JP? Should we should we not be more excited? Um, I remember thinking that at the start of the pandemic, this was gonna be our like our, our big moment. Like there was no WrestleMania, but we're gonna get a big SummerSlam weekend. Me and JP will do the daily podcasts again, we'll be back. Um, there's probably not enough there to do daily podcast, but we've got a weekend. Um, I mean, let's go from the top. of mean, we we'll start with the WWE stuff. Like, could you tell me a match on Takeover that's not Adam Cole and Pat McAfee?
0: Are they doing Keith Lee Carrion Cross, or is Keith there Lee gone? Yeah, you, you,
1: you watch it. Oh wow, that angle with like the the flame coming out of the contract was it? Like when he yep. sold it like a cartoon character, that was so bad.
0: That's, oh yeah, that's how main... I knew that match was happening. Well, there you go, apparently works. he did that and I saw a gif and I went, oh, they're doing that, are they?
2: <laughs>
1: yeah, that's that's the main event. Cole, Pat McAfee, uh, Io Shirai, Dakota Kai, which I could imagine being very good. And then they got the I North American match of the night. Yeah, and they have got the ladder match as well. Obviously, there's been big ladder matches in NXT before. Bronson Reed, Cameron Grimes, <laughs> Damian Priest, and I believe there's qualifiers on uh, on NXT this week. I think uh, one of them's Gargano, Rich Holland, and the other one is NXT. isn't Bronson Reed in it? That's it. Yeah, yeah. And they've got they've got a very um, great. Yeah, they've got they've got two open spots. So I guess we'll see. Uh, but I don't know. I'm oh, well excited.
0: Does that that, that be...
1: get you excited? Are you uh, you into that?
0: i Am a fuck. No. Not at all.
1: There's nothing there, is there? Like, oh, like these takeovers, like, used to be the big. I mean, I know they're doing it with no fans, but, you know, this is our our Thunderdome weekend. Um, Yeah, I can't say Keith Lee and Karrion Kross I'm expecting big things from either as a main event. Like like you said last week, JP, he's not not that guy, is he? I like Karrion Kross. He's all right. He's a good impact mid card. Main event with Keith Lee. I don't know. He's not Tomahiro Ishii, is he? No. It's not going to be Heatley Ishii, no. No. You any more excited, Gareth?
3: No, I mean, I I literally had to just go on the website and find out what the card was before you know, before we did this today, (laughs) just to just to even even know what was going on. And then you're just looking at it, looking down that list and just again, like similar to what we said last week, you looked at the classic takeovers that there's been in the past where, you know, you had that tight little card, four or five matches, and you knew there was gonna be three absolute belters on there. And then like you're just looking at this and I'm just like, like, am I even going to watch it? And like the idea that I've got to a stage where am I even going to watch a takeover? Whereas at one point it was, you know, definitely one of the highlights of your year. sort of thing, just mm. stood out. And I think it's, I think it, if, if nothing, I think it just, to me, just really reaffirms how they hoovered up the Indies a couple of years ago. They've spunked their wad on all of those guys that they've had in, you know, in in the next over the last couple of years, mm. they've done what they can do, do with them. They've moved some up and failed with them. There's others that they've just had to sit around there and stagnate. And and this is what they're left with. There's there's nothing coming through that they can you know that they can they can build towards. That's that's you know got any sort of. Significant wow factor or dream match factor or anything like that, and you know this is where we're at. And the idea that Adam Cole against Pat McAfee is happening on a takeover is just like absolutely, absolutely ridiculous. You know, I think Io Shirai Dakota Kai, you'd imagine, like on the night, I'm sure they can pull out like a a really good match. And you know, I'm sure Keith Lee against Karrion Cross will be fine. It will be a nice three, three and a half star match probably kind of, you know, expecting there it'll be, it'll be, it'll be okay. But, you know, definitely nothing that you're like massively excited about and nothing to write home about when it comes to takeovers of the past.
0: Yeah, that's a, that's yeah, such Is a there big... there no tag match at all, no? No. Not announced? Nothing announced. But there might be something possibly this There's Wednesday still, because still... they've got a, well, they've got to show up against no competition, haven't they? Which will be interesting to see what they draw, mm. and it'll be. I imagine they they'll throw something else up on there. But Jesus, to echo what you guys say, that I'm working out which match I'm where I would be likely to fall asleep mm. if I was watching it, like just TV. you know, TV. But the lights off. You decide to lie down on the sofa. So you're basically setting yourself up to fall asleep. <laughs> I mean. I definitely know when it would be the Cole McAfee promo package. That's when the eyes would be going. Uh, No Roderick Strong. No, nothing. they couldn't do anything for him. Apparently not. He's going to have an interference and then a Pat McAfee beat him up. (laughs) Fuck me. I know. Apparently, we
1: should be getting Santos Escobar and, as I say, Swayve Scott. Easy for me to say. Uh, let's just call him Shane Strickland. Uh, yeah, you know maybe there's that too. We could get excited about. Uh, but yeah, other mm-hmm. than that, yeah. I mean, I suppose <laughs> compared though, <laughs> SummerSlams on Sunday too. Believe it or not, uh, I'm not going to do the full thing on this one. But Braun Strowman, the Fiend, Drew McIntyre, Randy Orton. Oh, uh, <laughs> Apollo Cruz MVP. I don't know. I'm getting uh, getting deep into it now. As far as I suppose the Seth Rollins uh, Dominic Mysterio in a street fight. Excited for that, lads. Uh, yeah,
0: that's uh... for all the wrong reasons. Yeah, <laughs> but I'm, I'm happy to see Walter make it to the main card WWE. So good luck to him. <laughs>
1: Uh, that's that's all. Over it. Uh, this is it's purely a ploy just to get Ray to sign, isn't it? Like we'll, we'll throw your son on a pay per view. It's uh, come on, don't sign with AEW. sign with us. Um...
0: It, it's a terrible sign having Asuka wrestle twice. Yeah, for the Raw title with Bailey. Yeah. With all of the various talent they have access to, that's like, why would you do that? Mm. Like, I mean, it's not a guarantee. I mean, I heard it might have been him. Dave Meltzer saying, well, you know, she's going to be in two matches. They're going to be great. And it's like on the same night, she's going to be wrestling, obviously one at the start and then one near the end. I'm I'm not really convinced by that. And they've done nothing, but anything I've ever seen of it, well, it might have been that extreme rule shite, but it was just all sort of shenan- shenanigans, bollocks, wasn't it? It was just like kind of rubbish nonsense they were having. And they kind of just stolen the titles. And it's very hard that any matches on this card, you look at and think, they could ease, they could just like the idea of the street profits versus Andrade and Angel Gaza could be fun, but it won't be because they'll do something fucking stupid to it. Same thing with the Asker matches. Just, sorry, I've just read through the card when you've said not to do that. I've just explicitly <laughs> got okay, Stroman Fiend We're keeping people informed,
3: Stroman Fiend, oh. oh, people will be hyped for that. My God. What was really weird was I was like looking at it and I was thinking, like, is this it? Is this what they've got? I was thinking, who's not on this card? I was thinking, what talent have they got at the side? They have got seven thousand people under contract and like like with that angle with AJ Styles and Jeff Hardy, I'm guessing that AJ and Jeff Hardy are probably gonna have an intercontinental title match as well, get added to the show or something like that. And like I actually went on to the like WDE.com and I was looking down the roster. And I was like, Cesaro and Nakamura, I was like, "Mm, they've got no value at the minute and they're Mm. not going to do anything. I was like, Alistair Black, "Mm, you know, nothing. Daniel Bryan, obviously, always going to be like a positive addition, like Kevin Owens. But outside of that, I was like, there is literally nobody here on this list of people that I could see that was going to add anything to this card that was going to make it any better than – than what it is, and I was just thinking, God, what a sad state of affairs that they've got the whole world of wrestling signed up to them. And this is essentially about as good as they can do, especially when especially when you looked at the people who were on the NXT roster at side of things, and you looked at that card for that takeover, and you were looking at people beyond that and who aren't booked, and it was Yeah, you know, it was Roderick Strong, and you think, well, yeah, how many matches has he had on takeovers over the years? Finn Mm -hmm. Balor, yeah, we've seen him not deliver for how many years. And, like, there's – somehow there is nothing underneath this. And, like, I don't know, I just found it quite shocking. And I was thinking, you know, obviously you talk about, like, oh, if somebody, you know, get a better booker in there, new ideas, somebody who can turn it around and things like that. I'm just sitting and thinking, well, who is the talent that they're even going to, like – be able to turn it around with because there is literally nothing. Everybody has either been milked to staleness because they've just been booked into oblivion or They just don't exist, basically, kind of thing. And it just left me even literally feeling even more negative on the product before I'd even watched this card. Because, (laughs) like, where is, like, I was thinking, where is the future? Where is the future beyond this? Like, you're having to put Asker on the show twice. And, like, I had to double check (laughs) that twice because I was thinking, surely I've fucked this up and I've, like, misread something or I've, you know, like, they're putting her in two matches here. And, like, I don't know. Bad. You're going to be staying
1: up live to watch it, Gareth. You're going to be putting the ratings in as it goes.
3: I'll have to,
0: won't I? <laughs> <I'm> Stay <just laughs> awake. In all seriousness, this to say that that takeover card could get you a couple of matches deep. I mean, it, it, the you know, pre-shows normally a death knell.
3: You're not up for it. Recreating WrestleMania and sitting up and having a few beers and sitting up till 4am watching this. There's a few negative looking faces there.
0: (laughs) I'm in work (laughs) when they make no chance. (laughs) That's the part part of the problem is I'm working the next morning and this is just a card. It's kind of from hell in many ways, isn't it? It really is. It's almost like it's the TNA effect, isn't it? Mm. They can take anything that you hand over to them and say, here you go, here's this great wrestler. And the presentation and the initial booking will just fuck it up and ruin it and it becomes stale. And I think it's the moment you see talented wrestlers having to talk and act in a way which is completely unnatural to everything else. So there's the presentation element of it as well. It's just like you're dropping great actors into... A shit film franchise. Mm. I mean, it's like dropping Daniel Day Lewis into an Ernest Goes Camping movie <laughs> franchise, really, <laughs> isn't it? He's not going to do anything to turn this shit around. It's fucking garbage.
1: Hey, I like the Ernest films. That's where I got my middle name from. It's not, it
0: was my grandma's name. <laughs> <laughs> <It's just laughs>
2: big fucking oh, oh.
3: uh,
1: hell. So, yeah, that's
3: the <laughs> <a> Muslim <laughs> going on. But, 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 I th- but, but I think, like as as well, like coming to that point before about where. You know, I was talking about how they signed everyone up when we were mentioning NXT, mm. and like, I, the more I've thought about this, is like, I think one of the just the huge problems that they've had over the last couple of years is where they haven't trusted anyone to go to main roster before they've had that NXT run where they've been able to learn WWE style, and you know, they don't mm. trust, you know, they don't trust them to go straight to straight to TV. Like AJ Styles was a bit of an, an anomaly there, but yeah. the problem with that is, is all these people who would have felt like fresh and new and, you know, like a big star coming in, your your Nakamura's, your Kevin Owens, your Sami Zayn's, Alistair Black's and things like that. Ordinarily, they'd go, back in the day, they'd come straight onto TV because they'd know how to work, kind Mm. of thing. And then what you'd see is you'd see the best of them on the main product. You'd see these storylines develop through that we've seen happen in NXT. And then by the time they hit the main roster, They've had that two year, three year run where we've seen the the dream matches, we've seen their character develop. And it's almost like like you pick someone like Bailey who organically developed on NXT with the way you know, her storyline went from being that fangirl almost to where she started putting on good matches, built credibility and became like that big star of the company kind of thing then when she came up to the main roster it was like well you can't do that again and <laughs> but they still tried to do that again but mm-hmm. it has already been done before so there was like there was there, there was no mileage in the tank and it's it's pretty much the same you're like you look down this roster and everybody who's come up from from nxt they get to the main roster and it's just basically impossible for them to kind of like kick on and do something mm-hmm. fresh and do something new because we've seen it all before and Again, you know, we've waxed lyrical in the past about AEW, and it's the fact that these new people who are coming on TV, it's literally the first time that you're seeing them do stuff. So yeah, your MJFs and your Darby Allens and your um, Jungle Boys and you know, et cetera, et cetera, you know, all these guys, you're almost like you're seeing that first-run NXT thing. You're seeing their characters develop, and, and they can only grow and go further on the main roster, whereas if – AEW was a feeder system for something else that hit that main bigger exposed brand and then you'd almost have to like restart again because you've kind of you've done all that storytelling before and I, I really think this is one of the ways that WWE's just really sort of shot themselves in the foot and like a big reason why the performance center and NXT system has just failed them massively I think I, th- I, think, I think it's been hugely detrimental and it's, it's killed their product a bit to, to, to some degree because of that basis mm.
0: That's yeah, you, pretty incredible, but it's true, isn't it? Yeah, Yeah. and you
1: you kind of got the double-pronged issue. Yeah, you know, this is a roundtable idea for AJP. What mm. went wrong with uh, WWE <laughs> Developmental? Because it's not WWE Developmental, is it? It's, uh, it's its own show, and Triple H tried to make it the cool brand, and there was probably that knock-on effect that made WWE main roster even more uncool. And then you see yep. your favourites go up to the main roster, and like Gareth said, they're not fresh anymore, and then they're put into that main roster system. Like and even now, like you look at the names that that could go up, I don't want. I'm not a big Adam Cole guy anyway, but I don't want to see him go up to main roster. He's got no chance. He's about three foot tall and fifty pounds. Like Gargano, we've seen that fail already. Keith Lee, the thing with him, you talk about it being fresh. Gareth, like he's he's kind of he had that great moment with Roman Reigns. He's had a couple of those moments. Yep. The Rumble and Survivor Series. But then he, he went right back, back down to NXT again, so it's, they've teased us, and then he's gone down again anyway. So that kind of loses its its freshness too. Yeah, I don't, I don't see that. And and, and
3: he's he's someone who was so good on the Indies as well mm. that if he'd assigned to AEW, he'd have come into AEW and he'd have been oh, yeah. near the top of the card. he would be a monster, yeah, yeah. you know. And and you know, to, you know, totally booked in a different way, whereas like you you see it from here, especially mm. the ages now as well. You think. Mm. You know, what, what legs has he even got in him in the, in, in the main roster? He's probably got that Lesnar match in him. And then, like, you know, God, where does he go from there, really? You know, mm. down <laughs> before he's even started. Yeah. I could even see
0: v- being Vince being a bit funny about him because he's got grey hair and grey on his beard. Like, I know that sounds like a ridiculous thing, but I could see that's exactly the kind of thing that Vince would, would have some sort of hesitations about as well. But it's totally. Dave, it's amazing because the system, you say that in theory, this is the way we're going to be doing it. We're going to be growing our own stars. We've got this place here where they can grow and develop. And imagine this is like the New Japan Dojo on steroids, and it's going to produce all of these great people. And if anything, all it's done is homogenized the product to a terrible degree and taken the stuff that people did differently. It's taken all those rough edges off, and that's part of the appeal because that's what they're interested in, mm. rather than the people working through their own rough edges. So Darby Allen will still do the, the crazy, dangerous shit. He'll just get better at it over the years and know how to kind of structure it and know when to do those big spots in matches. But mm. it's a, the system itself, and it kind of comes back to them and what their vision of it is, because if they, had, if they were normal people and not fucking mentalists like all of them are, who live in this weird fantasy land... Because of that, they've, like, they've created a homogenous style of wrestling. They, they, that's all they want people trained at. Mm. And the whole time they've missed that the entire style is passé in the first place. And then all the reasons Gareth mentions, by creating a show which has a ceiling that you can't, even if you get beyond it, Like there should be a character on there going, why am I here? Why am I on the main roster? I should be world champion. And just refusing to wrestle <laughs> until he gets called up. Do you know what I mean? Or somebody who just turns up and SmackDown and goes, I'm not doing NXT not interested in that rubbish. I'm not living in Florida. You know, that for me at least would be something different. But no one bucks the trend because ultimately each and every one of these wrestlers is in reverence to the system itself. And because they're in reverence that all the people in NXT talk about where the performance center t-shirts and the rest of it. It'd be nice to have a character go, yeah, shit, massive failure. Whereas New Japan train only six people and they turn out a couple of absolute belters every time round so like but it's yeah it's it's just that you you teach them as soon as they come and you've got to have reverence for the system and then once you go up it's like oh I've reached the main roster where I will do nothing and disappear off into insignificance it's
3: it's 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 telling as well. Like I like last week, I was talking about that show that I watched the the SummerSlam watch along with mm. Punk and Bret Hart and things, and they had Finn, um, Finn Balor on there as a guest briefly, <laughs> and Punk, Punk said to him, you know, oh how are you feeling? You know, you're like similar age to me now, and or you know you're you know you're forty kind of thing, and. And Balor was like, oh, I feel great. He was like, you know, paraphrasing, but he essentially went, I don't do anything anymore compared to 10 years ago in Japan when I'm going out there and I'm, you know, landing on my head every night and, you know, you know, you know putting on working hard and all these matches. It was like, you come here, you accommodate to the style, do less, da, 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 and like, you're like, all right, well, yeah. For, as, as a human being, like great kind of thing that that, you know that's that that's that's good you know I want you know you want him to be healthy and feel good and can get out of bed in the morning and things but as a person in his profession who should be putting on the best that he can if this is if people have been coached to not perform to the maximum entertainment level that you can produce then like shit what's something's wrong (laughs) something's clearly wrong
1: yeah. It's always been the argument, hasn't it? You get your Triple H on conference calls, it's, they got to learn our playbook. And our playbook is just like mid-table football, apparently. <gasps> uh, yeah, it's bad. Um... But I suppose, does, does this cheer you up any more, lads, then, aside from Do The B stuff going on on the weekend? There's some GCW going on, JP. There's uh, GCW's uh, Tournament of uh, Survival going on there. They're, they're oh, basically tournamented to there. This, this is on Saturday night before NXT. Christ. Shane Mercer, Alex, Colon, RSP, Atticus. Uh, that's the lineup so far. No, no interest, JP. No.
0: I like Shane Mercy. He's a really good base for all of those indie matches. I'm surprised he hasn't been signed up, to be honest with you. Because in those big spots, he does well. For a big lad, Those yeah. shows are fucking disgusting. I'm sorry. <laughs> they are. I, I find them repellent. All right, Occasionally, Joe. I'm convinced to watch, like, yeah, 10, 15 minutes. <laughs> and I'm just like, why am I here? I've watched someone get glass splinters under their skin. <laughs> I feel uneasy watching this. Why am I here? And no, that is it on the same time as the Champions League final?
1: Oh yeah, it will be. Yeah, yeah. Mm.
0: Um, <laughs> so there you go. You get that to uh, yeah. to be
1: excited about. Um, but they have is got it in the-, the
0: afternoon they're doing
1: this? Yeah. So they're they're ripe. I believe they're. they're I think it's like nine PM our time um, when they're on. So you will like get that crossover with the Champions League and then uh, right into the WWE WWE WB shows. So they're kind of piggybacking without piggybacking. They're doing Atlantic City. I think they were betting the house on uh, on WWE being in that area, but they are doing a Jimmy Lloyd show as well on the Sunday before SummerSlam. Uh, Jimmy Lloyd's Jersey Show uh, with Joey Janela versus Alex Zane on Chris Dickinson, uh, Lee Moriarty, Tony Depp, and Ken Broadway. Um, interesting enough card. Not the not the yeah. biggest uh, GCW card they've done, but I, I always trust them too. No Ben to Carter. Yeah, I was just thinking that. Yeah, no name. Not there. Not there is a name at the moment. Uh, I know. Black Label... Baker
0: name checked him. Didn't didn't she? Did him. she? She name checked him as a contender for a uh, to go for Cody in the TNT title.
1: Ah, right, that would make sense. Um, mm. I know. There's I mean beyond the. Are running on the weekend and beyond of uh, kind of piggybacking off mm. the GCW venue, but I can't see him listed there either. Um, that's got Ali Katz, Slade, and Chris Dickinson, Priscilla Kelly at uh, the top. Joey Janella on the show again, as, as well as Kimberly against Kimberly.
0: Um, I do wonder how much longer Joey Janella will be in AEW.
2: Hmm.
1: He's an indie guy, any he? Like, he's never... He's, he is. If, he's it the American... Work. This sounds harsh. He's the American Jimmy Havoc. With a lot more upside, a lot more charisma, and he's a lot more likeable. But he shouldn't be on main... He should be doing Beyond Wear sunscreen at Atlantic City and the Garden Pier and the GCW
0: show in the nighttime. Like, that's, that's Joey Ginella, really, indies. isn't he? Yeah, he it? Yeah, He should be king, king of the indies. Mm. That's what he should be. Mm-hmm. And... The Indies are kind of perfectly set up for him actually to do that. And I wonder if he signed a one-year deal, because some of these deals are going to be coming up around, well, now we've mentioned some earlier on, but also going into October. But Mm. um, he seems to be doing a lot more of these shows recently as well
1: yeah and um, also on the weekend uh, black label pro have got a couple of shows uh, from indiana i believe they're on independent wrestling tv worth mentioning and uh, they are a, a mm-hmm. company that gets a little bit of a uh, little bit of traction uh the first one's an eric stevens uh, show eric stevens presents professional wrestling uh with alexander blood christian against violence forever uh, which is an interesting one i'm like trying to dig that one out um alex shelley's on the show uh, against elias velasquez i know he uh, requested that as a, a rematch of a previous match
0: and he was a warrior wrestler warrior right, wrestling yeah. he was quite good yeah oh you're fan, yeah
1: mm. oh good yeah um, i've not seen him um so yeah i think i probably, probably dig this show i was actually on eric stevens calvin tankman's the uh the main event on his uh on his own show um what actually stands out to be honest on the on the sunday uh, black label throw show gangrel versus effie that's a match on the show <laughs> You're up for Gangrel versus Effie. Uh, Trey McGill versus Trey Lamar as well in the Battle of the Treys.
0: Uh, I don't know, Gangrel's the, uh, the draw for me there, though. He's been doing... He works quite a lot, doesn't mm. he, Gangrel? Mm. Even to this day, he is someone who seems to have consistently been around the place. Mm. It's a, do you know what? If you're going to have comedy matches in the middle of these cards, it's absolutely fine. Yeah, it doesn't, It works perfectly on here. I'm now looking at Gangrel on Cage match, by the way, <laughs> to see if it's near 51. He went fucking Ring of Honor this year. Oh, you know what? How old is he? 51. 51. He was on the uh, Ring of Honor world title, the the uh, tw- number one contendership 20 man battle royal. My God. I was going to say, you know what you reminded me of? Sorry.
1: I, you know when I said I was watching uh, Austin Brett with Cole. He made me watch uh, Kurt Angle versus Sergeant Slaughter from this random SmackDown. And it was one of those where we worked out like this aging Sergeant Slaughter in 2000, he looked like the oldest fan in the world, 51. Same age as Triple H now, just about a year older than Chris Jericho is right now. That's how time oh, okay. works these days, lads. <laughs> That's mad. Oh. And Gangrel as well, 51.
0: Can I mention Gangrel? He's already had nine (laughs) matches this year. It's Gangrel we're talking about here. All right. Yeah. Go on. This is fucking Bushy, who's working regular tours. 43 in 2019, 55 in 2018, 60 in 2017, 71 in 2016, 80 in 2015, 72. Fucking hell. Like, he's working more now. He was working more in the late. 2010 just probably says something about his financial situation really (laughs) or what he might well have done with it than what he ever was around the attitude era. He spent a lot of time over here in
1: like the mid two thousands, didn't he? Doing like all star shows and stuff like that. That's probably just not on cage match, to be honest.
0: So who's always like working. Like Jake Roberts' older shot years. Mm, yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's going on this weekend. So get yourself a bit of a uh, bit of gangrel if you fancy it on IWTV, uh, and also obviously there's dynamite as we mentioned earlier. Um, not particularly a stack card. Cody Brody Lee is the main event for the TNT title. Uh, the Elite Dark Order. Um, FTR versus Private Party not a particularly stacked card but as we said earlier going head-to-head with NXT at least for the second hour so that'll be interesting to see whether they actually pull viewers from uh, from NXT rather than the other way around and to wrap things up got to mention it Rev Pro running uh, with that maybe ill-advised Sunday show uh, they are before GCW um, so I believe uh, you can probably just about get the two hours of that in before GCW starts Um if you're into it. You know, Carl Fletcher, Ricky Knight Jr. versus Oku Osprey, the uh, the controversial match that I have heard. Um, you know, people who aren't interested in watching that whatsoever. And then on the other hand, you know, that is a uh, Ricky Knight Jr. is very good. Ospreay in there with him. You know, if you can put the moral stuff out of your brain, I totally understand. If you can't, you know, that that is an interesting match. Giselle Shaw, Jamie Hayter is the main event that got pride of place on the uh on the poster...
0: Um, the Bobby... UFC-influenced poster. Yeah, Heavily yeah. influenced by UFC, yeah. yeah.
1: Bobby Tyler, Aaliyah James is on that show as well. Um Aaliyah James, who was one of the uh, the people um, who was quite vocal during during Speaking Out, Dan Maloney as well, mm-hmm. um, against Callum Newman, Brendan White, Kenneth Harp, Penny, Robbie X, Connor Mills. Uh, that's the show too. That think you've gone on record, JP, as saying you're not watching that. I probably will. Uh, I think we're going to be reviewing it on bwe um but, oh, okay. Uh, I think I'll probably mention that on the show next week as well um but interesting weekend for them to run on and relatively a, a packed weekend really and um, if you're interested in, uh, in going on fighting iwtv and watching these uh ancillary events
0: yeah it's it's too much <laughs> plus there's also and if that's you saying it jp that's uh yeah that says everything it is kind of out, out to... I mean, the problem is is the, the central events they kind of hinge around look complete shite. Mm. That's the, the problem. That's the where of the buzz the is lacking,
1: isn't it? Plus, no fans and no That's travel where it is. and contingents yeah. and all that.
0: So it feels like the GCW shows... are just shows that they're having... Because they're running quite regular shows now and they're doing it in Atlantic City again because yeah. they were there last time. That's the thing that kind of makes sense. Same thing with Black Label Pro... It's the same thing with RevPro as well. It might have seemed, with the benefit of hindsight, that you kind of tag on to the SummerSlam weekend, but I don't know how much that necessarily means. It's just more content that you've got to decide whether or not to watch. Hmm. And then, yeah, there's 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 so much going on for that as well. And then when is the um, new big New Japan show, the stadium show? Is that on the, the weekend after? Weekend after,
1: then we've got All Out coming up. There's, uh, there's a busy period coming, JP, and then it's the G1
0: right into that. Can't wait. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then all, all the other various, yeah. And then I'll mention the Champions Carnival again, because I'll know that much <laughs> some of that. But, yeah, we're in fucking silly season now, aren't we?
3: Oh, and don't, don't, forget, don't forget WWE payback at the end of August as well. Oh, yeah, sure that's you're...
0: a random one, isn't it? It's like the week after. Oh. Yeah. Are we going to find out a Retribution Oh, by the way?
1: <laughs> I hope not, to be honest.
0: Leave it like. that. <laughs> <laughs> vince's <laughs> anti-fur slash blm faction <laughs> as clearly he's going for here where he has massively misread the room yes yeah, yeah.
1: maybe we'll get a reveal that was his big takeaway from
0: civil disobedience and systemic racism is well just smashing up windows aren't they i'll have a group like that and we'll dress them up as ninjas at the same time <laughs> and make them literal children <laughs> uh, yeah
1: but uh, I was going to say, on that weekend, obviously, there's quite a bit there you can rate on Grapple, uh, NXT, uh, the GCW stuff, uh, WWE. Um, do you want to plug that, Gareth? Uh, we are closing it on three hours. We probably should wrap things up. Anything like that you want to plug? us uh, You know what I like. Uh, anything else you want yeah, to uh, Yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. it was just that, really. Obviously, there is a whole load of stuff going on this weekend, but obviously, WWE, beyond GCW, AW... Like NXT, Rev Pro, they're all on the app so if you don't want to sit through all that you know, certain people will be watching certain stuff and getting in the ratings there so you might see the odd, odd little four star match or something like that pop up on the app and make you want to go and have a look at it so yeah, just uh, get your ratings in if you're watching any of this stuff but um, keep your eyes peeled as well for, for anything that might be jumping out from any of these, these other shows and might give you a bit of a guide on something to watch next week.
1: Definitely uh, Anything for you JP? Obviously there's the, uh, the round table later this week
0: yeah, brown table later on this week. Um, so should be out uh, at the very start of the weekend. Um, other than that, you can follow me on Twitter at jpjp three e's. Uh, okay. Just trying to liven it up. It's very late. We've gone three hours. Fuck it. Who's listening at this point? At this stage, are they listening? they have listening for a while. They know what my Twitter feed is.
3: Was, was that the voice? Was that the voice in your head asking for drugs?
0: <laughs> I think it probably was at this stage. Three hours. Three, three, Please. Please. <laughs> it is one fifty-eight a.m. good. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, we should be watching Raw, shouldn't we? No. Doing this. We should not. If the Thunderdome was there, we'd be watching. Oh God.
1: That is the title for this episode, by the way. I already it's Yeah. which
0: Joseph Fritzl cheer on. Uh, I don't know. Whichever fucking Seth Rollins angles going on. <laughs>
1: Um, as JP said you probably know already but yeah you can follow me on Twitter at Benson Richard for the Grapple app, app Grapple App and uh, we'll be back with uh, a regular BWE this week uh, obviously the sad news was last week and we'll talk about it more in the show as uh, James is leaving the show for entirely understandable reasons um, but me and Martin will be holding down the fort this week uh, and catching up on, uh, on all the news in British wrestling so yeah if you want to get a bit more detail on that you can listen to that on Friday but yeah other than that as Gareth said get your ratings in this weekend we'll be back on I presume Monday with a mega episode uh, if this was long there's a lot there to uh, to get through <laughs> um, but you know we'll use the app we'll cherry pick we'll uh, we'll get it all in um, but yeah you've got that to look forward to next week like I said follow the Grapple app keep an eye on the feed um, for the round table at the end of the week and yeah other than that we'll see you again all next Monday night. Bye! See ya.